Yeah, here. We're fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get in the Garage. I'm your host, Mike. I'm Luke. That and was we for, have Luke. That was for Laura May. That was for Laura May. Yes, it was for Laura May. Uh, today we have a special guest, a really very great friend of ours, Mr. George Bruderman from the from the Quiet Room. <laughs> from the Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am from the Quiet Room, and none of my writers were met. All right, there was no M and M's. I have a Barry Lacroix. I specifically requested watermelon. Oh, that's the best one. Is it? Ugh. I don't I drink enough water to know. <laughs> it's like, um, it tastes like like hubba bubba, so it's you feel it, you're like, oh, I'm drinking seltzer, but it also tastes like, like trash. Candy. Yeah. yeah, I found a, a, like yeah. an alcoholic seltzer recently that was uh, tropical punch, and I was like, this is Hawaiian punch with alcohol. Mm. I had this in college. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, hi, hi. It's great to be here. Hello, yes. George. Hello, George. Uh, Welcome back a, this, to not your home state. Not my home state, but I would call it my hometown. And much mm. like my pop punk roots have taught me, I I got out of this hometown. You sure showed him, George. You sure showed him. <laughs> you sure showed him. Yeah. As I fucking drove past Bacchus Hospital to get here and be like, oh, no, I'm Dude, back. <laughs> I drove past Bacchus. Did you see how long the line was of cars for the corona test? It was crazy. It was oh. like it, ra- it looked like a snake. It like wrapped around. See, that was the thing. Too. I noticed that. And then I drove past. Uh, it's like a I guess you can call it a deli. I don't know. I'm too. I'm, I've been too privileged in my life to, to call that a deli now. Uh, but I passed the deli. It was like grinders served here, and I was like, "Oh, we're in yeah. it. We're we're in it." Oh, that's a good bakery, <laughs> is it? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that place. Yeah, no, it's actually like a dope bakery. Oh, Poppy and Rye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout they make a Poppy. mean Russian rye. Let me yeah. tell you. Shout out to Poppy and Rye. Yeah, yeah. Shout out new to Poppy sponsor and rye. of this podcast. <laughs> no. uh, me and me and Mike's uh, thing for a while was like band practice. <clears throat> it was like on Saturday mornings, and Mike yep. would like go to Poppy and Rye in the morning and get like pastries and yeah and i would never i was like really sick at the time and would only be drinking energy drinks and i was like i can't eat oh yeah that's my fondest memory and then i'm glad it's still happening no 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 more (laughs) and then uh mike and uh jeff would just eat pastries for like hour all day and then jade would get home and be like why didn't you save me any? Yeah. and there's just like croissant. there's like a quarter of like a apple roll or something in the corner <laughs> that were just like oh i can't bear to just yeah. eat one more bite my uh my fondest memory of luke uh is going to visit him when i was in college and i drove up to his house when he lived not this house but the last place that he was living and uh i walk in he's uh smoking cigarettes drinking monster and making a thing of ramen Mm. And I like got him a bottle of water, and I was like, "I think I'm watching you die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it turns out when you drink only energy drinks, your stomach hurts all the time, <laughs> and then when you stop, you realize you're like, "Oh, that's why I felt like shit for like yeah, right. four years." Yeah. No, I can't do it. Like once in a while, I'm like, when I say once in a while, I mean like once every six months, I might have like a Red Bull. Yeah. But it's like half of it. 
And I, uh, I accidentally got our Mountain Dew in the vending machine at work a couple days ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, Mountain Dew. I used to drink that all the time. Let me drink that. And I drank it. I was like, oh, no, I don't like Mountain Dew. No, no. <laughs> you start, like, having an existential crisis yeah. from the sugar. You're like, oh, everything's not good. <laughs> I don't need sugar for that, baby. That's- <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, right. That's my zero. That's my starting point. <laughs> my starting point is is due yeah <laughs> dude for real but uh but yeah man so um luke and george go yeah, way me- back they used to be in a band called the quiet room that's the yeah so me and george yeah boo but me and george uh were me and george were george was the first person that ever asked me to play music and was the first person that like gave me the idea maybe that we could play music together, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, because I mean, like it was just like me, you. I and saw you Ian. put a foot in your mouth in drama class, and I was like, "This kid, I can hang out with." <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, me and George really kind of met because we wore band shirts, mm-hmm. and that's how we became friends. Yeah. Like we both had band shirts, and we we're like, "Oh." Okay, so we have to be friends. However, Luke did run me through the ringer with my band shirts in in middle school. And Name high school. three songs. Yeah. Name three songs. And I was like, oh, uh, Luke was that guy. Yeah, he was. Oh, of course, I was. Yeah, of course, you I were. Fucking, of course, I had a. I don't, I'm not surprised. I had a Pink Floyd hoodie, and I was just like something that, like, you know, your grandma gets you for Christmas because you're right, like, he right. likes music. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you got me a Pink Floyd hoodie. Luke made fun of it once. I never wore it again until I went to a baseball game because I was like, it's cold. This is the only clean sweater. I'll grab it in case it got cold. Uh, and I went, and some guy, as I was walking to the bathroom, was like, hey, cool shirt. Saw him back in the day. I was like, no, nah, because now people are going to ask me about it. So I just have to throw this away. <laughs> just burn it. Yeah. Just- <laughs> Can I give you uh, an equivalent that happened to me a couple years ago? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I bought a uh, Boston Bruins hoodie at Target. Oh. It was on clearance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this fucking fits nice, man. Mm-hmm. And it was warm. And so I'm wearing it in line, and someone's like, did you hear about And I was just like, I was like, uh, sir, I was like, I'm gonna, I can't lie to you. I, I, I was like, this sweatshirt was on clearance. And he went, and he's like, so you don't like hockey? And I'm like, no. And he, and he was just like, like yeah. He was like, you want to spit on me, I think? Hockey people, and this is no disrespect to hockey people, but most suck. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because fucking, <laughs> I don't know if you've read the news or not, but the world's going to shit. And I tried to get back into hockey because I was like, oh, you know, when I was a kid on Long Island, my grandpa would take us to Nassau Coliseum, which is where the mm-hmm. Islanders used to play. So I have a weird love for a team that is fairly good now, but when I was a kid, was the worst team in the league every year. <laughs> yeah, and they had like they got sued by the Gordon's Fishermen because their logo <laughs> looks like the Gordon's Fishermen for a year, and then the opposing teams would throw fish sticks on the ice to distract them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude, so hockey fans are brutal. They huh? are. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get into it. And I rebought that fisherman jersey because I was like, it's part of my childhood. I want to get into it. They're doing really well this season. And then they postponed a game to honor the Black Lives Matter movement. And I thought that was great. And every fucking comment underneath it was like, what? What's it supposed to change? Huh? Huh? What is this bullshit? (laughs) They don't even play hockey. I was like, whoa, what do you mean by they? (laughs) And I just went down the list of all these awful comments. And I was like, I don't know if I can be into hockey because y'all suck. Dude, tell me about it. Like that's all that's all a sports now. I love I love NASCAR as a kid. You know what I mean? And then you're just like, if you like like people, it's real hard to like that sport. 
you're just like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. Isn't this just about cars? What does this have to do with people? One of yeah. my favorite quiet room memories was we were at band practice, which meant either playing two songs and then drinking Arizona iced tea on the couch or practicing aerial. We, o- we only had two songs for we a long time. We only had two time. songs for a while. <laughs> or then practicing sort of acrobatics for the stage that were never used where I nailed our guitarist uh, Nick Bolero in the face with a bass. Oh, uh, yeah. Trying you, to do were, like, you going, were you going for the hardcore like yeah, swing I would, around? I would do that. And But we were trying to do the thing. We saw it in a Paramore video because we're cool. Uh, and we would roll across each other's backs. And like oh, swing okay. the thing around. Yep. I think it was like yep. used in Van Halen. Like Van Halen used that trick all the time too. Yeah. Uh, but I went the wrong way <laughs> and just like P bass tuning to like the eyebrow. Uh. Just. <laughs> but yeah. so that was band practice for the most part. And Luke snuck away halfway through recording because like his grandma had called him. Or maybe it was your grandpa. I forget which one. Uh, grandparent. Um, we went upstairs and we're like, yeah, man, Luke's Luke's been up there for a minute. Let's go check on him. And he's just on his cell phone. It was like a Verizon chocolate. This is the year we're talking about here. Uh, <laughs> it was red. And it was old at that time. <laughs> and he's just not screaming, but like politely demanding mm-hmm. on his phone. Be like, I don't know, man. Just put like 12 on Junior. <laughs> And he was just betting on NASCAR races. What? <laughs> yeah. I used to do my memes picks at the club. Oh, no shit. Yeah, huh? so you used to be be like, first is this, second is this, third. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you got in the top five order, you know, you'd win whoever got the closest, whatever. Right. And I used to win a lot. <laughs> so I'd get like half of it. She's like, if you pick it, you will split it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. But so he would just he would like go and place right on bets there, and come back down. I was like, "Do we need to talk? We're 15. You shouldn't have a gambling problem at this point." <laughs> the next day, he walks in wearing one of those. Uh, what's the what's the the huge horse race in like the Midwest? Oh, the Laurel, like He's, the big floral floral. Yeah, thing. you know. Yeah. yeah, he comes in and like dressed in like the full like. <laughs> I have a trophy. You look like you're going to like an English picnic. Yeah, you got a big hat. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you're not a big hat person. Oh, I am a, ha- a huge hat person. You're a hat person, but you're I not wear a big hat person. Oh, no, no I'm no. talking about the size of the hat, not the I can't amount of times you wear a hat. I was going to say, no, I was like, almost every day, I actually every day I wear yeah, a hat. Yeah, I have to now because I get cold. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. We have to wear hair nets at work, so mm-hmm. I, as soon as I started, I was like, oh, I, I guess I'm a hat guy now. <laughs> yeah. Hairnet, no mask though. Weirdly enough, strange, strange for the chip factory to just be coughing into your chips. Yep. yep make sure us. you make sure you buy ruffles, yeah. everyone. Buy ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> this is a music podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? right? It's absolutely a music podcast. Okay. So let's jump forward, though. Yes, George, you have a solo project. Mm-hmm. Fight for your friends. Yes. Um, why do you tell us a bit about it? Sure. Man? Uh, so when I stopped or uh, we stopped playing music with luke and then i wound up moving to new jersey pretty like the day after graduation of high school i wound up like getting into a truck loaded with all my stuff with my stepdad and be like cool bye forever everybody (laughs) um but i wound up driving we drove down and i wound up kind of doing a little music project which i wound up calling fight for your friends uh which at that point was very uh, Motion City soundtrack, Adam and his package, kind of synthy stuff. Where mm. essentially it was, I don't have friends to be in a band with right now in this like new place with no one around, but yeah. I liked doing it. Um, uh, so what I'll do is I'll just you know go in individually and make the drum beat one at a time and like 
it was obsessive. I think I was going through something um, where I would like separation anxiety. Yeah, that could have been it. Where I like lower the velocity <laughs> of each drum hit to sound natural. Mm. Where like it would be like, oh well, yeah. When you hit it on the four, it's got to be louder than on the two, but only slightly softer than the three. Mm. And I was like, I was figuring out the like. There's a program that like, does it for you, but yeah, I was like doing, doing it by hand, doing yeah. it by hand. The Garage Band, it's like time. It's like hours. Yeah, the hours. days. Yeah. I would I would record vocals. It, like laying because I didn't have a microphone, so I'd use the laptop microphone yep. and lean in with a quilt over my head to like yep, soundproof yep. it and everything, and just yell into this tiny microphone on the side of the laptop. And I wound up putting it out on Bandcamp and really just liking that it had an outlet mm-hmm. um, and kept on doing it. And then slowly but surely, it morphed into every other genre. <laughs> Whereas, like, I don't think you can find that first EP anywhere. Um, but it was very like. You could buy it. No. No, it's gone. No, you can't. I took it down. down. (laughs) I was like, no one. After So I switched to doing more like folk punk stuff. Right, right. Because I figured it was easier. Instead of standing up on stage and playing a backing track, I can just yell at people with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. I mean, that's a good. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I was was playing shows, doing this thing. We're playing a bunch of basement gigs uh, and going to people's garages and playing with like no PA system. I played more shows without a microphone than with by choice at a certain point where I was like, there's not enough people here to use a PA system. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. want to commend I you. I, I want to commend you on that uh, <clears throat> that decision, though, because yeah. mo- a lot of people, like, when they're playing, like, a bar, and they're like, yeah, we got to mic the whole kit. Yeah. The whole kit. No. And yeah. the bar is, like, the size so small, and you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's, it's so weird. Like, at a certain point, it was like that, but also... I kind of made it into a thing where I wanted to be closer with the audience because, like, there's this whole thing where you're on stage playing through, a, like, a microphone and stuff, and it makes you at least taller than everyone else. But it's sometimes like, like one, one degree of separation. Yeah, and it's just like, I'm just going to step down. I'm not going to use a microphone. And if someone's not paying attention, I'm going to go play music at them louder. Like, I'm just going to do... <laughs> I actually did that reason. I was playing a show in New York before, uh, maybe like a year and a half ago. Actually, it was just a year ago. Because um, the picture came up on Facebook memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I, I was playing the show, and my girlfriend's mom was meeting her friend that she hadn't seen in a while. And we were playing at this bar called Pianos in New York City. Um, and <laughs> her and her friend were catching up while I was playing. So for purposely, I would sing the chorus. Re- or I would sing the verses really soft and then just just hammer down as hard as I could on the acoustic guitar. And it was more fun for me to just hear them going, Yo, so God, it was so good to see you. But anyway. <laughs> which is like them yelling and then totally crying, and it was so much fun just to fuck with them that way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's sort of, it's it's whatever it becomes now. I don't try to worry about like, oh no, we're gonna channel this or we're gonna channel that or mm. something. I kind of it's it's I don't, it's sort of. Uh, you think like you grow older a little bit and you're just like I'm gonna yeah. lose the genre. Yeah. At some it's point. Kinda, it, it, like uh, me and Mike like find like we box yeah. ourselves in so fast. We were doing like a stonery rock band and mm-hmm. we we're just like, yeah. oh okay, like this is so limiting so yeah. fast. That, like, the the only show, fun fact, the only show that that band had played was a show with that George. we played with George. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was fun. <laughs> we were the only electric band. Yeah. No. Uh. What, what, like the fourth band. I oh think, was yeah. I remember the, like a modest mouse cover. That other band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a bunch of teenagers. That yeah, was yeah. uh. That was on that tour, right? 
Am yeah. I remembering correctly? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I see the cassette of the Old Fox opened. Road. Yeah, they were great. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Old, Old Fox, Fox Road. Road yeah. Old Fox Road, they still do things here and there, but their singer is now a is trap he a rapper. rapper? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's called Young Fox Money. Yeah, I follow him on uh, Instagram. Dylan's great. Not in- yeah, maybe Young it's not Fox Instagram. I think we're Facebook awesome. friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are oh you still Facebook friends with my college roommate that you added because I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm into this guy. You added him and made him your best friend. Oh, oh my God. Wait, was not on MySpace? It might have been MySpace. Well, shout out to MySpace. Yeah, shout out to MySpace. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out no, to I do Tom. remember doing this. Tom. Tom was Dude, great. Tom's on the gram. Tom's on the gram. Yeah, is he? Uh, okay, can we just also, this is no video, and Mike just did the Tom pose. <laughs> like I thought he heard someone coming down <laughs> yeah. the stairs. Yeah, George reacted as if he's like, like, what's, what's is it Tom? We're <laughs> not on camera. You just ladies and gentlemen, special like, guest Tom from MySpace, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, please. You're surprisingly easy to get, Tom. You're not doing <laughs> yeah. much at all. Yeah. Dude, if we got somebody that was just like anybody, nobody knows the fuck I'm that someone. guy sounds like. <laughs> you yeah. could be Tom from Instagram. Hi, what's up? This is Tom I'm from MySpace. Tom from Instagram. <laughs> Tom from Instagram. Tom from Instagram is multiple people. I'm not gonna lie. There's only one Tom from MySpace. He yeah. launched Dashboard Confessionals' career. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, actually. Okay. So we we are like rambling, but I got excited, guys. MySpace. Let's talk about like when me and George were in bands in high yes. school. I felt like that was like the way that was the most efficient thing for musicians that had ever mm-hmm. existed. And now yeah. that it's gone away, I feel like uh, yeah, it was like its own. It's thing. hard. It's harder to do now. Do you do you agree? Maybe absolutely. Um. So, do you remember they used to have even like the local? You could search Eastern Connecticut local bands, top bands, right? Yeah. And then th- that's how we would like network with each other. Yeah. That's how we'd meet each other and um, get shows. I mean, I don't know. I yeah. would say that and Pure Volume were like really oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. important to like the mm. underground music scene and growing a brand. Like, you see, specifically, I guess Dashboard Confessional is like the prime example of that, where like, he had a career, mm. uh, and then I think he became one of Tom's top friends on MySpace because he really liked this band, Dashboard Confessional. He was playing on MTV and stuff, and then they blew up yeah. because of that exposure from MySpace. Yeah, um, It's this whole process of where does that now fall with local musicians and right. musicians trying to make the come up where you see a lot of people using Bandcamp, but I was using Bandcamp. 10 years ago and it's really hard to convince someone to give their credit card number to a site no one's ever heard of before. Right. Yeah. I also find that Bandcamp doesn't network nearly as well as no. MySpace would because my, MySpace was like so easy to like find another band that lived a town over from Yeah. Me. I think the thing about MySpace too at that time it wasn't it wasn't fully corrupted yet. It was still so new and mm-hmm. cool and everyone was like really excited about it. And your parents but, didn't like it because you're definitely gonna get abducted by a stranger the right, two towns right. over. But like, we weren't <laughs> hating on each other then. You know what I mean? I think the, mo- the I think the, the, the most negative power move you could have done was to remove somebody from, from your, your top, top eight. Yeah. Or or move them. If you move them, you know, the that amount- was the, that's like the beginning of everything that unraveled after that would come. Like everything. You gotta send about an email before now. that, a little bullet message or something be like listen i'm going to be moving this at a certain point i got tired of it and probably like towards the end of my space i wound up just putting bands on my top eight yeah, and just being like my thing i was like nope less than jake is my top friend on my <laughs> <Yeah. space." laughs> that was pretty great oh my yeah. god but yeah, like yeah. I, but it was there was I, a scene though yeah. Right? yeah that's that's something that luke and i talk about all the time is the fact that like 
we were fortunate at least to be able to have a scene like we had gazebo fest and we there had, was yeah. we the, you know there was like, a, like, uh, like if I had eyes was a band that was considered a local band but they were actually like doing okay like it oh, looked yeah. at, at the time obviously yeah like that was a little bit you know. before me and George but like even like but it's the, it was that whole swing that like yeah like through. Do I, you remember, because you might have played a couple shows at this venue, uh, it was like a place in Norwich and then someone got stabbed and they couldn't do shows there anymore? Oh, 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 was that where, did me and you see Frank as my co-pilot there one time? It was Rob, like the, it No, was I think a, you and Ian did it and then you told me about it and then it like was two upstairs. weeks later. Where in yeah. Norwich was it? It was like some, it was upstairs. It was Wait, ro- no, I'm, I'm thinking of a different thing, but we, you and Ian went to that show and a hardcore band played and their singer didn't show up. So the guitarist was just screaming with his back facing the audience. Yeah. Do you remember that? And then uh, Matt Skobrak uh, walked over to us sitting on the corner because we were terrified of yeah. going to this concert and uh, stood up and was like, you need to stand in the front now. That was amazing. Like, he, like, yelled at us for not being good showgoers. Yeah. That. And meanwhile, we're just all, like, 13, 14 years old. Be like, please, please, no. We're, our parents are not yeah, here. Yeah, no, you were, you were there, right? We saw Sad Plant and Frank is my co-pilot. Yeah. And I think that was the first time I ever saw Scobie rap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we were, like, up in the front row. But, like, that's what we... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think it was like it was called the Upstairs uh, Norwich Art. It was like some art community yeah. center thing, mm-hmm. and it was a, it's around the corner from Strange Brew upstairs. Like, you would never know that there was a uh, a th- it's like an old theater. Like, mm-hmm. you would see like a classy play in. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you know, like old school, like Norwich, how it used to be really fancy. Where yeah, we well, live. that's a whole thing in New England. Yeah, everywhere in New England, most venues for those listening that aren't from this area, uh, it's. It's old vaudeville theaters mm-hmm. that they rip the seats out. The Palladium yeah. is like this. That Norwich place is like this, where they're like small black box vaudeville theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, that they were just like, we need to get some money somehow because obviously vaudeville is not working out. Even like that Mystic Club that we yeah. played at, like same idea. Or yeah. I've, we never played there, but we went to shows there. The Mystic, the Mystic Club. Club. Oh, yeah. the German Club. In yeah, Mystic? yeah, remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 you can still smoke cigarettes in the bar downstairs, <laughs> and we did one night, and we were like, fuck it, we're hamming it up, just chain smoking so, cigarettes the next day it, i yeah. just felt like just like like a dried out piece of toast yeah. like everything was just there's like, a reason Ugh. why like people look older when social clubs were a thing <laughs> yep. because yeah. it's just like you pay five bucks to smoke inside and yes. now you look <laughs> destroyed yeah so awful that, that night mike's talking about we were at that club so there was like hardcore bands playing so we went and saw our, our friend's hardcore band and then we were like yeah, we're we're good. So we went downstairs and uh, to get like a drink or whatever. And uh, there was this dude. He had a, a Beach Boys shirt, but it looked like the Black Flag logo. <laughs> You've seen that. I right? love that shirt. Yeah, me too. And um, he so he starts playing like oldies on the jukebox, like Surf and Safari by the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. And I instantly pick up. I'm like, oh, I, oh, I see what you're doing. So I go over the jukebox and I start playing like Run Around Sue and like you know uh, She's Not There by the Zombies and like you know stuff like that. And, like, literally, there was, like, a little, like, dance party going. Like, so, you know, we're all smoking cigarettes. <laughs> it was literally, like, it was, like, 1965. And there yeah. was, it was... Oh, it, it was fun, though. It could it, have been any year. Like, we were all yeah. chain smoking. It was I the love worst. the fact Old that yeah. uh, pool, you, pool you saw what was happening and then created a dialogue before speaking using music. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Listen, I, did, we listen, did, I didn't talk to him for, like... 10, 20 minutes, and we would keep and like. Now just... you're getting married. Congrats. <laughs> this is this is Luke. Luke is like we were at. Uh, uh, I think it was when it was called Brewit City, right? And it has one of those jukeboxes that you basically like. If you go, you download the, the free touch app. tunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. Basically, you load in c- credits or whatever, and you can I have control a story your about, phone about that. But continue. Um, 
So Luke would naturally try to like curate, like if we were say there, or uh, Harp and Dragon had one too. So Luke would go on and like you know kind of like curate sort of an environment and stuff. But it got to the point where I think Luke kind of lost it a little bit to where he, if I remember correctly, he played what song was it? He was at his house. Oh yeah, but I, he could still connect to it in Jewett City, <laughs> so he played one song like twelve times or something. Just like the John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what song was it though? Oh no, so I played. I I don't know about John Mulaney, but I oh. I just would do this, and I wouldn't even be at the bar, and I had no idea about that. I would just like I thought of it one day, and I was like, "There's oh, a oh, this would be fun." So I started with uh, like uh, "Who Let the Dogs Out." So that's like my go-to one, that's and then the second one, one is. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like a great song, but it's a great song to fuck with people. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like, no, that's and then I so like, even like, I was like, that's a great song. Do you agree? Oh, <laughs> God. I love dogs. So I played that one, and I'm just at home, and I have no idea what is happening. But I still don't know what happened. And then the second song I played was uh, "I'm Blue, I'm a <laughs> Right. So now, it, mind you, this the, just to give you a little bit of backstory, I told George before we started recording. This is a bar where the owner lost the bar because he was letting guys. Guys do burnouts on Harleys inside the building, okay, at like one o'clock in the morning. So if you can imagine, who let the dogs out comes out, comes on, or also a blue comes out. Super important like, to remember that I know where this bar is. There are people that live above this bar. <laughs> yeah, also it's a residential area on Main Street, kind third, of thing. Want to hear like third, a, third song I played? Third song. Yeah. I know what boys want. <laughs> I know what guys need. <laughs> and then for the fourth, uh, I rounded it out again with "Who Let the Dogs Out," <laughs> and I don't know what happened. Um, also, they lost the guys, bar. That's what happened. Guys, yeah. you, listen, this is the best thing about touch tunes, right? Is like if you would download the app from your phone and you have no idea who's doing it. So if you're like leaving a bar, you can just like spend ten dollars and you had a bad service. You can really fuck with them. I have to unplug the jukebox. Another time, um, Here we go. somebody I knew was at a bar in Canterbury, and I kept playing uh, the Space Jam theme song <laughs> over and over and over. It's a Space Jam, going in a Space Jam. Oh, right? So good. So, and then I get a text, and the text is, if you, people are getting really angry, I get another text. They unplugged the jukebox. <laughs> So anyway, no, can I hear a, your story about touch shoes? So two stories. One, there's a, f- a funny John Mulaney joke where he goes with his friend to this old 50s diner and he pumps in like $20 into a jukebox playing Tom Jones' What's New Pussy? Oh, okay, no, I have heard this. Yeah, <laughs> and no. then after like the ninth time he puts in It's Not Unusual and they're like, okay, it's over. And then just one more What's New Pussy cat and the entire <laughs> diner erupts like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so... A- it's amazing. I yeah. like. I mean, you can really curate a mood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that mood is annoyed. Yeah. Well, um. oh, me and Mike too. The last one. We remember we were at Strange Brew that night. And we kept trying to play the longest songs we could on the jukebox. Yep. So we played the live version of Highway Star <laughs> that George George knows very well. Very well. We time traveled to that song. Yes, we did. And. Um, and then we played um, the like the te- like maybe I think it's like thirteen minute version of Stranglehold on Double Live Gonzo. Oh yeah, <laughs> like back to back. Ted Nugent, baby. You're gonna get banned from every bar in southeastern <laughs> yeah. Connecticut. You're gonna have to drive to Hartford to get a beer. <laughs> um, so uh, 
I should mention, after I was done playing music, I wound up uh, starting to do comedy for some goddamn reason. Because uh, oh. I needed more pain in my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but we would run this show in a, uh, it's like the hip area of Philly mm. called Fishtown. And we would, it was uh, a venue you could rent, very much like kind of a VFW thing, but it was a pop-up venue where you basically, it was a space, you could rent it and do whatever you wanted in it. Right. Uh, within reason. Um, so we were like, oh, it costs 25 bucks to put on a show. We can do it every weekend and only have to pay like a hundred bucks and we have a venue and we can make money at it. Yeah. So a group of people got together. One guy kind of spearheaded the whole thing and we, and we started doing these comedy shows, uh, where every time after the show, we would go to this bar. It was a dive bar called the Nut Hut. In, the nut hut. The nut hut. I have a hoodie because I got blackout yeah. one day and woke up wearing a nut hut hoodie. I was like, "What did I do? <laughs> How much money did I give for this?" I think it was thirty-five dollars. <laughs> That's not bad. That's it's not, not bad. bad, but That's it's not. like of a bar that will definitely be closed at some point this year. Like, I don't yeah. think it made it through the quarantine. No. Um, Rest in peace, nut hut. Nut hut. <laughs> uh, so we we would go there and they had a touch tunes thing. Uh, I want to keep on calling it tooth tunes, but I know that's not <laughs> tooth tunes. <laughs> <That's laughs> toothbrush where you'd put it in your mouth and be like, that's Britney Spears. <laughs> I, okay, well, real fast. I yeah. had the Kiss one and the Napoleon Dynamite one. <laughs> mm. What does the Napoleon Dynamite one say? Like, gosh. Yeah, it would. Gosh. Okay, so we'd play that song that was like, you don't know oh, this boogie <laughs> is for real. <laughs> and then like, it would interrupt with him being like, chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> So we would go in, and the guy that kind of spearheaded this whole show, and a lot of us that were involved on the crew, all loved mine and Luke's like music when we were playing in the quiet room, just bands we were trying to rip off poorly. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of Newfound Glory, a lot of Say Anything, a lot yeah. of like that that early 2000s uh, or late 2000s kind of emo pop punk stuff. Yep. Um, and we would just load 20 bucks on that shit and invo- uh, like just, okay, so census fail next. We're going to do census fail next and then <laughs> say anything. And then, uh, you know what, just for fun, just for fun find a local band on here somehow like like we would just look up <laughs> random philly bands and stuff and we, you could see half the bar be like i've been coming here for 20 years and we got put up with this bullshit this is only supposed to play leonard fucking skinner <laughs> yeah right right, right right and then there's all these other hipsters in the wall be like fuck yes yeah i remember seeing them at a vfw hall in brick new jersey yeah, yeah. <laughs> That is amazing. Oh, it's so much fun. Just to annoy people with niche music is my favorite thing. <laughs> oh, man, I got another one now that I think of it. Okay, the first night, like, me and Chelsea hung out again. Uh, we went to, like, a dive bar, and um, I went – We I was playing, um, like, Howlin' Wolf because mm. I felt like listening to it. I was yeah. like, I just wanted to hear it. So I, I put it on, whatever. And, you know, people were, like, not listening, right, and, like, not paying attention. I went, watch this. And I put on Zeppelin. <laughs> And everybody at the bar, because they're all shit-faced, they're going like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And you're just like, surprise, idiots. It's the same fucking music. (laughs) Yeah, that was like, great. You got to play to your audience, and that audience is white dads in this area. It was was amazing. Mike, you know, white dads. White dads. Let me tell you, there's, there's, uh, yeah. Your people. That's my tribe, if you would say that. But honestly, in this area, not so much. Literally, Mike is wearing a Funk 49 hat, like a James Gang hat. Yeah, man. Joe Walsh. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Actually, so you were talking about like playing like oh bands we were like influenced by when we were in high school and we yeah. were in that band. Um. So like I don't know. Let's let's talk for a minute because I think that like that genre of music was like interesting and that time of music was interesting and we were kind of like a part of that. So when we first started playing. I think our main like influence, like we also had a guitar player, Cameron, right? So it was Tom Petty. So like that was what we were like the style of music yeah. we were going. That was to I play. think the first cover we did. So it's like emo Tom Petty, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And so I think we did like running down a dream. We did right. I still and know I, it on bass. I was so impressed that like Cameron knew. <laughs> The like, because like we, none of us had figured out how to play instruments. Instruments. <laughs> we were all we would tell everybody we were in a band, but like we weren't in a band. Like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, hey, uh, yeah, let's start a band. Oh yeah, that's right. We, we have were to a band. Learn we were a band. This. How like some old men belong to a social club. It was like, oh yeah, no, we have our own place. We hang out at this bar. It's like that's your buddy's garage. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like we were in a band. That, like in the sense that we all owned instruments. Yes. Right. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah. and I remember like we were trying really hard, and I think like we, me and George had been, we got a couple people together, and we had figured out how to play My Generation by The Who. And that was like revolutionary for me. Yeah. Like, like Flags, you know, I was like, oh, we could do, I, wow, this is something. that two chord song? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember we, we just like played it, and I was like, well, that's a song, and yeah. people like know that song, and it sounds like. What we're, you know, it sounds like it, you know, mm -hmm. somewhat. And, you know, we got really excited. And then uh, our friend Cameron was like, hey, man, like, let's start a band, let's start a band, let's start a band. And we were like, no, you're a weirdo, like, get out of here. And uh, <laughs> I have a funny Cameron story. Yeah, because, like, Cameron didn't like punk music. We mm -hmm. liked punk music. Me and George were like, we're punks, yeah. so we don't want to play. <laughs> and it can get a little elitist, eighth can't Eighth grade right. punks. Yeah, we were like eighth grade punks, and we were like, man, we don't want to play Tom Petty. You're a loser, bro. Mm -hmm. But, like, I yeah. remember he hearing Cameron had recorded something with you because mm -hmm. you had finally went over there and, like, recorded something with him. Yeah. And I remember it had sounded better than anything that we had tried to record or ever do. What you need to understand about this, though, is that the only things we had recorded were two practice amps leaning up against a microphone that was in a computer speaker. Mm. Yeah, we had no idea. Quality yeah. recording. Quality. Appar Top someone, quality. I, I posted a picture of us a couple weeks ago, like an old promo photo from that band, The Quiet Room, and someone commented underneath it, like, oh, I, have, I still have my to day cd i was like you throw that away oh my god i'd like to hear that <laughs> i really would my grandma still has it oh my god get it man hell yeah yeah so like that's what and i remember like you would you would work did something with cameron that it sounded better than what, anything we had ever done and i was like oh my god and i instantly got envious and i was like well like i gotta play with them just because they're the best musicians around yeah. and there was that band um frank is my co-pilot i mm -hmm. think was playing at this time like a punk band yeah and so anyway we were like we gotta do this we gotta do this so we started a band based on like tom petty music yeah and we played running down a dream and i didn't even know how to play straight i would only i could only play what the guitar was doing so if the guitar was going i was going but on the drums like the same thing i wasn't going like yeah you weren't just doing the four on the floor right yeah i couldn't figure it out it's so like you know that's where we're starting from and then as soon as like we figured like we didn't like emo music because that wasn't punk, right? Yeah. And the, we this was like, a, this is 2006, and I just specifically remember around 2006 there was beat up an emo day. Yes, yeah, six, six oh six, June 6, 2006. Uh, yeah. So yeah. we were like, 
I remember like dabbling with it, but I remember a kid we went to high school with going on to be like, hey, you ever hear that band um, uh, Panic at the Disco? And I was like, yeah, they're pretty good. Get him! Like it was instantaneous. <laughs> yeah, Panic at the Disco, really? Yeah, it was That's like that. It was like that. Our age group. Yeah, oh, like to our see, and like we couldn't was, listen yeah. to like um like My Chemical Romance. Like that wasn't cool to yeah. listen to, even though it was super popular. And like yeah. say, I remember when say a, anything. Like we couldn't listen to say anything. Do you remember when a tra- a tray a tray you kind of like walked? I remember there was a Dude, moment that, where that I was, was like, like I made fun of. That bear. was a different kind of emo. Uh, that was a different kind of emo. Yeah. No, that was screamo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I went to college, so let me tell you the history of emo really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Educated in the fine yeah. studies. Yeah. Right. Fine well, we got rites of spring. Emology. And that sort of went into dag nasty, but not really dag nasty, but sort of dag nasty. Sort of. Just the touch then of you, dag nasty. Then you get your sunny day. Okay. Um, Do you remember the emo game? Yeah. The yeah. flash game? Online? It was a little flash game, I think, on E-Bombs World, where you played different uh, vocalists of emo bands. Like Connor Oberst. And you had to guess. And you had to quest through this 8-bit world where, like, you had to fight Newfound Glory in a hot topic. And then... Um, <laughs> Let's talk about hot topic. Yeah. I, I was just... We were talking on the last episode of my podcast, uh, Feel Feelings, that we were... I don't know how it happened, but we got on the topic of smells. Mm-hmm. Favorite smells. Oh, yeah. Hot topic. The way that hot topic yeah. smells. Hot yeah. topic. Leather. Is a very specific smell. <laughs> and I brought up that fucking... Leather. Studded belts. Yeah. I brought up that fucking backpack I used to have that we would play uh, backpack surfing on. <laughs> where I basically just have all... All my books in the backpack. The strap was broken. Luke would hop on and it would just drag him across the concrete to his bus. Like I'm some sort of horse drawn chariot. Okay, now that we're tangenting, remember that other game we used to play, Jump in the Bush at my house? <laughs> what did you, what was the what would you have to do to play that guess. game? <laughs> jump in the bush was like you just jumped in the bush. Wow. And then we would like throw Look each other. creative with the naming of these, these sports. And then we would like throw each other and get trees and yeah. bush it. Yeah, it yeah. was. I remember throwing a log at our friend Jimmy Williams' back and it cracking over his back oh, yeah, in my yard and him having to like call his mom because we hit him with a tree. <laughs> God, we're yeah, kids. We're brutal creatures, aren't we? we? Throw a bunch of teenage boys in the middle of the woods in a town that has a Walmart, and that's about as much as it offers. We're gonna find. I remember before that Walmart was. Oh, me too. So, I remember when that was a field. He's an elder. <laughs> That's why I have this beard, George. Right? That's why. So people I have can a trust beard, me. but it's only because I look like an egg without a beard. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, so, yeah. But no, hot topic. Real hot quick. Topic. That, that, I mean, that too. Because like, okay, so. That was a venue. You, yeah. me, okay, so. In me, a way. No, we, me, me and the whole tour. Yeah, I know. I have, I have, a, I have a, a, an acoustic set of yours. On um, uh, Did you Sony, hear the pain in my voice? yeah, I know, I saw oh. that. You were sick that show. This is why we need. This is why yeah, we I need video. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I had a wisdom tooth. Yeah, we were brutal. We were always just George was like sick all the time, and and like we would just be like, George, you gotta do it, man, yeah. and he'd be like, guys, I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Oh. Uh, there was a moment they had. Uh, I got my wisdom teeth removed. We were at the show. We were at our guitarist Nick Bolero's house. Um, who was his family is very very nice to me and let me live on their couch when my parents moved away. So that's when my uh, couch hopping years began. Yeah, early. Um, early, very early. I think seventeen was like cool. No parents. Let's do this. Let's go wild. I only have twenty dollars. Let's stay home. Let's stay home. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we were hanging out at his house. Someone was over. And I just sort of 
high off my ass on Percocet for like the tooth pain. And I'm walking over this corner. I'm just playing guitar. And they're like, George, what are you doing? I was like, playing guitar? He's like, George, you haven't moved in 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when's the show? It's now. We need to get in the car now. <laughs> oh, George. You were well on your way to rock stardom, though. Think about that. You're fucked <laughs> Thank up. you. You're fucked up on perks, and yeah, you're just Andy, like... He wrote, uh, he's he, basically Jim Morrison, who's uh, taken too much LSD and can't play the show, and their bandmates are like, no, you're going to play this show. So, and George delivers. He right. came through. He, he did. And he wrote a song about it. I yeah. have it all on a little Sony mini-disc. Again, Throw that away. Use it as a coaster if you want. The problem is, is it could only record in like like five and a half minute snippets, so it's these just really poorly cut, like, yeah, like stop and starts of like the songs. My dad recording. Yep. Yeah. So that's right. So like we're talking like Hot Topic too. Like like you were saying, like we booked a whole tour of Hot Topics. Yeah. Like when we were yeah. like juniors in high school, right? So I told you that the one venue that we played on the tour was in Philly. They wanted to move into Philly. I don't know if you meant that. No, we, I mean, we played two venues. We played two venues. We played uh, the Lanes, not the Asbury Lanes, but there was a Lanes in Trenton, New Jersey. So it was a bowling alley. And then we played what's called the Fire, Fire. In, the, in Philadelphia. Mm. Um, a little dive bar. It's great. I've been there before now. Um, it's one of those bars I where, I think like, it's still open. I think a lot of bands, well, I don't know about now, but I know. No, it's still open. I know a lot of, like, uh, local, smaller uh, touring bands that have played there. Yeah, the Fire was a great venue, uh, is a great venue. We went in, there was a dog wandering around the bar. <laughs> Halfway through our show, the dog walked in and sat in front of us and watched us play for a little bit, and then nice. much like anybody watching us, left two songs in. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yeah, took, there a, was took no, a shit, took a a shit right on the floor. There was nobody there. Yeah. Uh, we played for like the other bands. There was like yeah, nobody. We played, there. Uh, no, well, we had Nick's like cousin and, her, and yeah, his, friends, his like, family, his yeah, friends. Through, which yeah. is nice. Uh, we have like a photo of outside that venue, and then. Ten years later, I was doing comedy in Philly, still doing shows for Fight for Your Friends a little bit here and there, and I got hit up. They were like, hey, listen, we see you're a local band in Philly. Mm -hmm. We had a person drop off. Would you mind coming and doing a set? I was like, you need to understand I'm just an acoustic artist. So like, it's fine. We just need a body. We just need to fill out the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, cool. Uh, I'll come through after my, my set at the open mic, and I'll bring the guitar. It's not a problem. I had like a couple comic friends come with me and stuff. I walked in to the fire. Ten years later, it is the same. <laughs> to the point where a dog walked in, <laughs> sat on the floor, watched me play, and left two songs later. Do you, do you remember they before we played, Jeez. they brought us upstairs because we weren't allowed. We were underage and weren't allowed to be in the bar. Yep. Oh, yeah. So they brought us upstairs into the apartment that was attached to the bar, and we chilled up there for like an hour. Uh, they let me pick out a drum set to play, so I, we, I didn't have to bring a kit. Um, do you remember the band that opened up for us? Yes, they had. Wait, no, I remember the guy that uh, uh, closed after us that had a. Uh, or like maybe it was after. Yeah, it had a t shirt that had LEDs in it. So as they played, it had like Daft Punk LED like light up things. Nice. And they were playing horror movies in the background yes. while they played. <laughs> like violent, nasty violent. shit. Does, do you guys remember the Eclectic Whoa. Fact? No, was it that was called? Eclectic Factory? Eclectic Wear? It was behind the LNG. Uh, oh, no. Oh. That was called uh, yes. The Eclectic. Yeah, The Eclectic. Eclectic. Yeah. yeah, I saw I never, I never went there. I but went I there to go it. see The Marshes, which was like a surf punk band oh. that was based in Norwich. What was that? What was that? Uh, the singer's name? Uh, uh, Dan, I only remember Connor. Dan? Dan? Dan Fernandez. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dan Fernandez played. They were uh, a great band. They're a great band. They do a, a amazing, like, high fidelity cover of. Um, 
hybrid moments. It's on YouTube still. It's on my like saved every once in a while. Like YouTube will be like, hey, remember this? Um, but I went to go see them there. It was just this Jamaican dude that ran the venue would wander around with a video camcorder going like, band oh, interview. Oh, yeah, he owned it. Yep. Band interview. And he would like interview mm. the bands. And then while the bands would play, he would just play random movies that he had behind them. So I remember seeing The Marsh's last show and they changed their name to Will Smith and the Cancer Zombies because they were watching <laughs> I Am Legend behind them the entire time. <laughs> Do you remember when we met them? We met them at that Battle of the Bands at the Webster yeah. Underground. Oh, so, the Webster Underground. Okay, so we played, uh, that was like, uh, I just want to uh, talk shit on this venue because I hate that venue, so let's talk a little shit. Why not? They uh, are one of those venues that would be like, you got to sell 80 tickets to play some stupid yeah, fucking show. Yeah, you remember? You had to sell at least, so, yeah, I think it was at least 25. Right, so this was the way this Battle of the Bands. 15 bucks a pop. I know. This is the way this Battle of the Bands worked. So if you, whoever sold the most tickets got to pick where you played, right? So, and right, and so if you, br- and it was judged by crowd noise. So we literally got all of our friends in like a caravan of parents yeah. and we brought all of our friends up to... You know how fucked up it has to be to tell your parents, be like, I need you to come to the show. Like telling uh, friends telling their parents, I need to come to the show. It's in the middle of Hartford. <laughs> yeah, it was like a hard sell for yeah. anyone. I am 15 and I need to be there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So we worked so uh, hard yeah. because if we won this Battle of the Bands, we would get like recording time and all this shit and we uh you know whatever so we were really eager to win this like we were like we're gonna get this so we show up and the this band the marshes were like we're like how many t-? they were first up so they sold the least amount of tickets <laughs> i think i think they were like we sold like three tickets yeah, right yeah, yeah but we became such good friends with this band and like they were so nice and we used to play sh- I, we played Tons of shows. Tons of shows. They were fun. They were like entertaining to watch. They were like pop they punk were Ramones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were like Ramones punk. Um, Remember the drummer was really good too. So good. That yeah. really young kid. He was he wound up like going to school for drumming. I think. Yeah. You, oh my god. We just yeah. have like we used to meet like the greatest people. Oh my god. Remember we won that battle of the bands though. Where, like we beat all these like old men and yeah. they got very angry. With we us. got hate mail on our MySpace from their <laughs> girlfriends being like, "Your dad's bought that." Like, you bought that show. And I was like, and if so, it means nothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like even at that point, our nihilism was so strong. It was like, this means nothing. We were like, we're 16. We don't have jobs. <laughs> like, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That $500, because it was $500 in recording time. That's what you won at the end of this Battle of Bands. We got the recording time. Uh, the guy showed up thinking we're going to, like, spend two or three days doing a single that was, like, really well produced and stuff. We were like, no, yeah. we have five songs that we need to barrel through now because we have an EP that we've already set the date of the release to. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Ah, oh, fuck. Okay, so everyone's in one room doing it live. Yeah. I think Cameron – I don't know why he did this, but he specifically chose, like – No, the amp – Remember Cameron's amp? We had uh, let's talk about the amps we were using because we didn't know it's anything. Terrible. <laughs> we were using uh, Marshall the MG. Oh yep. MG solid H-D-X. solid yeah. state stacks. Just stacks. 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 Solid state Marshall. Was he Dimebag Daryl using yes. solid state stacks? Dude, and it, they did not sound good. They were no, bad. No, they're and fizzy so, and terrible. And Cameron's was always on the fritz because he would like spill water on it constantly, <laughs> and it wasn't even Cameron's; it was George's. Yeah, no, he the used red one. Remember then- the red. One? Yeah, I had a red one. I sold that recently, and I hated that amp so much that I went into the guitar center to sell it because I just like needed rent. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I still have this. I have uh, like a little Roland amp that I can play through. It's fine. Uh, no, it's not a Roland. It's a Yamaha, mm-hmm. like those cool little smart ones that they yeah. have now, and they're great. Uh, and I'm not playing shows by any means, and if I do, I play acoustic, so it's not yeah. a big deal. Um, so it's a shelf amp. 
Uh, so I brought in this snack, and I was like, hey, do you mind if I bring something in? It's a little heavy, uh, but I'm just kind of warning you. Like, make any joke of it. I was like, listen, I'm about to bring in this monstrosity. If yeah. you don't want to buy it, I understand. Like, I was even <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. bro, <clears throat> I apologize for what's about him. And I wheeled in this bright red with a tweed grill, mm. Marshall MG. Oh, I was with you when you bought it, too. Yeah, it was, the, it was when the new London Guitar Center opened up. We were so excited. Yeah, we were like, yeah. look at it. I cranked it up to 10, and we were wondering, we like, were why is it feedback so much? We were <laughs> such idiots. Like, your mom would have bought you any amp in yeah. that store, and we own, I think we only you only got it because it was red, right? I was like, I was yeah, like, but that's what you do. That's what you yeah. do, though, when you're that age, and it you want to buy. I do, you should see my, the guitar, the first couple guitars that I bought i look back and i'm like what the fuck was i thinking same. what am i carrie you, king what you, the fuck well, do i need you guys, this bc you Rich guys for? had the same guitars i uh, almost you almost had a you had, you a, had a warlock no i know i had a mockingbird, mockingbird oh yeah my thought process is that's right, that's uh, right i bought the mockingbird because i saw it and i went that looks like batman <laughs> he's not wrong though no. it is a bat a bit batman yeah have? i had a bc rich virgin yeah there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, let gross. me tell you about yeah gross. <laughs> so gross just just i'm like ugh. i sold it I was like, I don't want anything to do with Who this. Who bought it? <laughs> what are my what are my students? A there young go. kid. Okay. But again, he's, he's a, a young kid. He's like cool. Yeah, he's yeah. 15 years old. He you know, he's head. into yeah, he's into metal. You know, he's like into like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and yeah. stuff. I'm like, hey man, if you want like a badass like metal guitar, yo, you want a pointy guitar? I yeah. got you. <laughs> yeah, where every corner chips on it just because it's so fucking pointy. Yeah. It's so funny to think about the gear we had as kids versus the gear now, just because from like years of learning, mm-hmm. I guess right. you could say like like. You, you remember you buying that Yamaha kit that's behind Mike right now and right. being like, I didn't even know a motorcycle company could make drums. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right, and, But right. it still sounded good, but it's also like a Neil Pert like 18 piece. Like there's yeah, to- yeah. too many toms on It's that. like the Pro Series, this, yeah. that, and the other, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, and you, you can want... never set, it's like the rack toms, you can never set it up where you could like see myself because I'm really short too, so I'd always be like crowded by symbols and then I would set it up with like only three toms and it would look horrible. Yeah. It was a piece of shit. It was, I mean, it worked. It got us through our yeah, younger I still years. Have it. Yeah. yeah, but then you upgraded to your Ludwig. That's also next, uh, next to Mike. So it's 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 what is it? That's like the big bass drum, like the yeah. John Bonham style thing. Because you yeah, it's like, like a late seventies, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, so I like this style of music. Let me look for something from that era that has those same sizes at least. Like you did the research to it, right? I think my first guitar was a Mockingbird. Yours was like the Virgin. But then yeah. at the same time, like you learn, like oh no, this like vintage gibson amp or something is gonna sound pretty sweet or like oh this fox ac15 is gonna sound great right right or even like solid state stuff like i had a um what do you call that is the the roland jc 55 or whatever it is it's like the sound of the 80s like yeah yeah right everyone uses this it's just that chorus like you buy it for the chorus right on it and it was great solid state amp and if i would have done an inkling of research i wouldn't have bought a like thirty pound Marshall stack that's just the cab. <laughs> yeah, right, right. right. So yeah, I mean, and... we would lug these things too. Every oh, and like let's oh, let's oh, let's talk around. about like the gear we had when we were younger too, because it was just what we could get, right? Yeah. So I remember we you were a guitar player, but you had to switch to bass because we couldn't I had find to switch to every instrument. instrument nobody wanted to yeah, play. Yeah, I showed up to Cameron's and he was like, "Do you play drums?" I was like, "No." Do you you do now? And I would play like a CB kit, and then I was like, "Oh, we oh, have the to CB everyone, kits. everyone everyone plays guitar, so you want to play bass? No, okay, you're playing bass, and then yep, it, yep. it continued on later." 
later in life where I was doing that Motion City soundtrack vibey Fight for Your Friends thing, and my friends from another band in Jersey were like, hey, there's synth on this. You play synth? I was like, not really, no. And it was like, cool, you want to be our synth player? I fucking, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's just necessity, man. Yeah. You just do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. So let's talk about that bass cab you had because oh, George played bass in, in, the, in our band, and he gets a call. Um, we had a friend, Dana. And Dana calls him and goes, hey, I, I have a bass cab in my house if you want Not it. in her house, in her barn. barn. <laughs> if you if you want to come get That's it, it's it. yours. It's it free. It looks like the guys from Alice in Chains left it after their <laughs> so, yes. video. So we go. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't think I went and picked it up. But George went and got it. And this was a PV bass amp. And this thing was like. I, I don't even know how big it was. About as big as like a um. You were able to hide like behind a it Chevy. Well. It was tall as as tall as about a Chevy S10, right? Sure. I think. I mean, I don't is know, that a wait. car with four wheels? Yeah. Okay. Three. Actually. Three. Wow. It was. A, it oh was, no! Well, actually, it's an S10. It has ten wheels. Ten wheels. It was, <laughs> that was. A, it was a huge base. It was it way was, too big for any mm, venue we ever played. Yeah. It was two ten inch uh like small speakers, and then one I think. 20 inch woofer just, yeah just a yeah. sub just, just the thing <laughs> what was awful was they would they would never use it because i had a uh that brand acoustic yep i, yeah, I yeah. swear by them i have a weird thing with brand oh. loyalty where it's like anytime i buy something i'm just like no i played it when i was 15 that works um <laughs> it did though and you they would, di- they would they would di- 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 it through the, the pa system so yeah. i didn't even bring the fucking thing but, but we, i didn't right. know what di meant so i was like yeah just plug it back that's what they usually do and they're like so you want me to di even though you have this thing like okay, I think they even walked away. I was like, okay, fucking Van Halen with your fake ass cabs. Yeah, dude, we would bring this thing everywhere, and it would take up so much room. But we were like, so this is just what we did. You can buy an Ampeg one fifteen. It's the same amount of noise, and it was. I mean, I, we used it because it was free and it worked. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, the only reason. But like, there was no fucking reason to use such a big thing for a show that we're playing with. 12 people yeah, with well, solid, solid state. Yeah. <laughs> Marshall just, <laughs> just tinny. Dude, my... All right. right, okay. And then me playing drums, right? So this is like my evolution of like learning how to play the drums, right? So I'm playing the drums with, with the, in this band too. I don't know what a ride symbol... I don't know what the difference between a ride symbol is and a crash symbol, right? Yeah. So okay. I don't... I just take the ride and I'm like, this is so noisy. I just take it off the kit and I just don't have one. <laughs> so we does. have an 18-inch ride and a 16-inch symbol and a hi-hat. And yeah. this is all I played with this band. Simplify. And yeah, it was like the most simple kind of stuff. I mean, it was effective. Yeah. It worked. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean you'll, I listen back and it's just a lot of like... <laughs> <laughs> just you know real real simple real, yeah but i would always say it was like oh like like people would ask like oh luke is a drummer like how is he he's like he's very meat and potatoes yeah that's how <laughs> meat we would describe potatoes, it. Yeah. Meat and potatoes like yeah. we would get it done and it would be yeah. solidly okay yeah. yeah what else gear we have, we have those okay MGs. oh let's talk about cameron's guitars because our guitar player never owned gear so <laughs> but he would always be selling gear on he would always be making money. That's why money. I think my Mockingbird isn't around because yeah. I think he sold so, it. <laughs> no, I re- the last time I saw that, it was in pieces. Yeah, because I wanted to put a new neck on it, and then I think I just gave up on the project halfway through, and it wound up in his dad's garage for four years. Right. <laughs> oh, man, so many, uh, so, remember, so much music equipment that I lost just because I no. left it places. Okay, so let's talk about, the, remember the Schecter? Uh, that guitar. That yeah, the, D- um, the Omen Six. Who, oh, Taylor, oh. Taylor, Taylor Elkins yeah, owned Taylor it. Yeah, Taylor Elkins owned it, but we had it. So <laughs> we invited this kid. 
we were like, man, can you? Because George didn't want to sing, and uh, we 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 were friends with this kid. He was, I think, he was interested that we just had a band. So he was, he was like, ah, oh, can, can I play guitar? I play guitar. We're like, no. Um, <laughs> you, you can you sing? And he went, uh, yeah, but he couldn't sing and play guitar at the same time or something yeah. like that. So yeah, he yeah. just tried singing. So we were like, okay, what can you sing? And we were like, sing Jeremiah as a bullfrog. And he did it like, okay. But he couldn't sing any of our songs. He couldn't figure out how to sing in yeah. time. He couldn't, like, find the markings for it. Yeah. And stuff. And it's tough, especially because I think I was, like, makeshift singer, and I knew where the points went, so I was trying to explain it to him. Like, no, 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 you go here. All right, close, but not, like, oh, go here. Yeah. Almost. Want to try it again? And I just kept on doing it, and it got to a point where we were just like, he's our singer, but... Like George already knows how to do it, and I was like, I really don't want to sing. <laughs> yeah, there are no cool bass players. George, singers. coming from coming from someone who <laughs> in every band ended up singing, who just really did not want to fucking want to. sing. I feel for you, and man. And then I had a side I project where I played sing. everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's on your terms at yeah, that point. Exactly. You're like, listen, I'm this is my, you know, like what? Not I to wanna, say that. No, if I want to vocoder yeah. everything and just <laughs> auto tune the shit out of everything, I can because it's my rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> So, uh, oh my God, yeah, yeah. So, but this kid couldn't sing, but he left his guitar over at the house, and so we just stole his guitar, and we just didn't give it back. And he would ask us at school, "Hey, Hey, can I have my guitar back?" And Cameron, yeah, yeah, we'll get it. (laughs) Cameron would go, "I don't have it," and he goes, "I know you have it." I saw a picture of you playing a show with it. Cameron would just go, "Yeah, I don't have it." And so, eventually, this is how this kid got his guitar back. He came to a show, and Cameron was playing the guitar. And then after the show, the kid took his guitar. <laughs> well, there you go. What I think, what I feel most awful about, because a, it's fucking shitty. That's a shitty thing to do. Just buy a guitar, even yeah. if your dad won't give you the money. Like fucking mow lawns or something. Get some piece of shit because we're not good enough to get something oh, that sounds okay, good. Okay, so do, right? you, do you remember the Telecasters? Several. Okay, <laughs> we, I love Cameron so much because he would do this, right? Remember, he would buy the um hundred. Remember, I think it was like a hundred and thirty dollar Telecaster. Yeah, the, yeah. the Squire butterscotch one. Yep, right. yep, yep. And he would get the coverage, right? So he it would he would he would have it for like and he would he would just ruin guitars. And I don't know. I mean, I say ruin guitars. I mean just like throw them on the concrete floor. Mm-hmm. He was just like that person yeah he just abused everything like guitar wise <laughs> so he would be throwing it down all the time and then he would just bring it to guitar center and he'd be like pro coverage and then he, he would just get another guitar <laughs> and he'd do the same thing we do over and over and, and over and over and over how guitar center went bankrupt <laughs> well you don't right. say because we offer pro coverage we would, we would do this like right yeah. we would do this too like i'd get the pro coverage on the cymbal and i didn't know how to play the drum so i'd be hitting the cymbal as hard as i could mm-hmm. and they would snap and then we'd or, or if it was about to run out on the pro coverage we'd take out in the yard we'd smash it ourselves <laughs> yeah. we'd go to guitar center get a new cymbal and then go to the show you know what's messed up though i knew people who would do shit like that too right mm-hmm. but for some reason whenever i would buy something it and never sit, worked like that would ne- no, they'd be. I'd bring it to them with something broken. They'd be like, "Ah, oh, sorry, Pro Cover doesn't cover that, man." Well, and I'm just like, is- I know people who run their guitars okay. over with pickup trucks <laughs> to get a new fucking guitar, and you're telling me because I spill a, bo- a bottle of water on this fucking this is the yeah, other end on this of- line six fucking spider. You can't just help me out here, man. This oh, is that the crunch set. Yeah, this is the. Other- I went to insane every time. Oh Thank wow, you very much. this is the other end of the story because me and George were playing in bands so much. Everyone that worked at Guitar Center also played in bands, mm-hmm. and so we were very good friends with like. 
all, all the associates. And right, we knew right. them all, and we played shows together. So we they didn't care because who cares about guitarists? It's a major corporation. Those yeah. musicians don't care that work there. Yeah. So no. we, yeah, they we would go in with a smashed guitar, and they'd go, yeah, that pro coverage covers Because <laughs> they just didn't care. And George is right. That's I yeah. probably how it went bankrupt because we would just be going in there, yeah. breaking shit and getting pro coverage. I, I and- remember uh, a person uh, that worked there who will <laughs> remain unnameless, Dan Johnson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, my wireless pack, the wire is broken. I don't know why I had a wireless pack. I, like, again, we would because practice. Because we wouldn't invest, listen, we wouldn't invest in anything that would make us sound better. We always invest in anything that made us look better. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I had this little wireless thing. It was supposed to be a mic wireless pack, but it had a regular, like, eight in, uh, eighth-inch cord, so it would just go right in. Right. And we were like, cool, that's the guitar wireless. It made it sound like shit, but I was like, cool, we're doing the wireless. Uh, we're going to run that. And I guess the cord broke or something at a show. And I was like, hey, unnamed person. Um, <laughs> I need a new cord. Is there any way, like, you have one in the back or like, it can be ordered? And he turned around, grabbed one off the shelf, opened it, pulled the cord out, slid it across the counter, and went, put that in your pocket and walk out of the store. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or, or, but can we talk about or this? Or playing, playing a gig one night. We had a song that was capo. One, we had like one song that was capoed and we all forgot the capos right so we're like shit we forgot the capos how are we gonna play the song how are we gonna play it? and we needed to play the song because we didn't it, our set would have been short we only yeah. had this many songs yeah. <laughs> so uh we call we're playing with with uh we, you know somebody we're like hey uh we call up guitar center we're like hey we need this this and that we'll pay you when we get here and uh they show up to the show with like seven capos <laughs> like a pick pack and strings and they go Floom. Flies across our merch table, goes, here you go, here you go, guys. And we're like, oh, what do we owe you? And they're like, he's like, on the house. And we're like, <laughs> it was like oh, thank you, man. We really appreciate that you bought He's like, I am by shit. He's like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, motherfucker. You know, it was like that kind of stuff. What were you going to say? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't remember now. Oh, bummer. oh well, no, because you, well, you guys were talking about, like, the original gear that you had, and I remember, I remember, <laughs> when, I remember before uh, the New London... Uh, Guitar Center opened up, and the only choice you had was Manchester or West Warwick, right, in Rhode Island. And me and my buddy, we were we were trying to get because my <laughs> my first amp, I got a bass, and I got that uh, like a Fender Rumble amp. Remember yep, the Fender yep. Rumbles? But it was the Fender Rumble, the early one, where it had like the little red glowing light. So every time you, oh, hell yeah, it didn't look like hard, a bass because like, they realized like whoa, whoa. that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, no, not cool at all. It ended up being stolen, and I think sold for drugs. By the, somebody who shall remain. <laughs> to protect the identities of cell phones. It's so for drugs. Uh, hey, can I'm, I tell you something? My Fender Rumble bass amp that I played after uh, I was in another band. I played bass. I don't know how because I still don't know how to play that instrument. <laughs> but um, I could play the band's song, so I was in the band. Yeah. And uh, I had a Fender Rumble bass amp that yeah. I, I think we all – the band, we all like went in on it together or whatever. But when I left the band, they were like – you can't have it, man. And I think they stole, they like took it and they sold it for like pot. And shit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Uh, but but me and my buddy uh, that played drums in the band that we were in together at the time, what we would do is we would uh, we would we would basically set the day up like this. Like basically. he'd come, he'd come pick me up, like as if we were going to go to school. <laughs> like if we we're going to go to school, right? And we would go to this one gas station uh, in the area. That like the guy might not card you, so the whole day depended on can we score a pack of cigarettes? If we can score a pack of cigarettes, then fuck school. Let's go to you know, and that's what we would do. 
uh, we would if I if I, you know it would be one of those where I'd go in and mm-hmm. I'd ask for the you know whatever he'd no. give to me and I'd walk out and I'd be like yeah and he'd be in the street and be like fuck yeah and he also was driving illegally because he only had his learner's permit right. but his dad was just like here you go kid have fun and gave him the keys to like a brand new Dodge whatever uh, so yeah so then we would go to uh, the West Warwick Guitar Center and just like play skip guitars school all day and, and just smoke play cigarettes guitar. yeah and smoke That's cigarettes and like, like smoke weed out of a Red Bull can value too much convenience because it's like. We had to go to the West Warwick fucking guitar and center in like yeah. Manchester, but there's like the Norwich Music Center was exists, <laughs> but they had four bases and like I know. two and you Parker could, guitars. And you couldn't. They would have you if you smoke cigarettes outside, so you would have to go there. But it would be like a pilgrimage, right? You would like. Yeah, it was like the. Th- it was like a thing. Yeah. I, okay, I mean, so me and George's was like so much more innocent. We would be like at school all day, and we had band practice after school, and we would take the bus over to Cameron's. And Cameron lived next to the gas station, and so if we could scrounge up enough money for two. Arizona iced teas and uh, two liter bottle of Coca Cola that w- we would share and yell at each other if we backwashed into. Yeah. Right? Do you remember? Because it, it was cheaper to buy a two liter bottle of Coca Cola than it was to buy the tiny bottle of Coca Cola. Right. Yeah. So we Welcome would. Welcome to the United right, States, so guys. We would just be like asking, do you have 50 cents? Do you have a quarter? Do you have change? Da, 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 this and that. And so we'd like get, it's the 50s. Like yeah. It, yeah. Oh, you got a nickel, bud? I want to get home today. Yeah. And, so, so me and George would be band practice and we'd get in enough, right? And so we'd get all that shit and then we were sleeping over. And so then we would sleep over and then uh, they had a Dunkin' Donuts in the gas station. And then we would go behind the gas station when they threw out the donuts and we'd grab the bag of donuts from the guy. Oh, we'd walk man. back to the house like champions. And this, we weren't doing any drugs. Like we weren't smoking weed and eating a bag of donuts. We were just all hyped up on sugar, eating donuts, and yeah. like you a know. drug in and of itself, right? Though, too, you know. I remember like bargaining with the guy that worked at Dunkin' and be like, "Hey, what do you do with those donuts at the end of the night?" Yeah, remember like we first the first time we asked this yeah. question. <laughs> I was like, "What do you do with those donuts at the end?" Of the night? I was like, "Oh, we put them in with the coffee grounds." I was like, "Now what if?" Now hear me out here. Like we're just sales pitching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you put those coffee grounds in a different bag, <laughs> and then you put the donuts. In that one bag, without them, and you just leave it by that dumpster over there. <laughs> like we're not old enough to be crust punks. Why? <laughs> You're just like a pack of raccoons yeah, that yeah. just goes in and just like, oh, there's a bag of fucking donuts. <laughs> and that's what it was. Like that was our score. Like that was like yeah. the most fun we could ever have. Yeah, yeah man. Fucking idiot. It was. It was. It was our pack of cigarettes. You know. Well, yeah. No, absolutely. I wish we uh, were cooler. Yeah, we just like weren't. We were like super dorks. Uh, I and, mean, there was a phase two, where like we would hang out with the goss and smoke clothes on the track. I remember doing that. Like oh, when you would have to. Choose. Oh yeah. You'd have to choose between either like, oh, you can either do tennis or you can do baseball or you can walk around the track for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we were track walkers. We were track walkers. Uh, so yep. it was just us and everyone with like fucking steel toe boots and trench coats walking around with clothes. <laughs> be like, what's that taste like? It smells nice. <laughs> and then me and George were still like dorks. So yeah. we would like, you yeah. know, and, and two, like our band. We played pop punk, so there wasn't a ton of other bands in our area playing pop punk because we live uh, in the east, obviously, and uh, it was like hardcore, yeah. right? So like yeah, we would play, heavy, we would heavy, play heavy. with rappers and hardcore bands, and we were the only band most nights that was playing anything that like had a chorus that yeah. you could sing and hear, right? Yeah. So like all our songs is verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus. right? And we were like the only <laughs> yeah. band that didn't have a break. Oh, well, we did. We started doing breakdowns. Did later. you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when we broke up, we were like starting to like yeah. get into. I breakdowns. remember. I remember. On but they were last light. show at the Griswold Fishing Game Club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, we yeah, broke yeah. up. We broke up and then we played a reunion show as our last show. Yeah. So we were doing a real show. We were going in. Uh, and we learned My Friends Over You by Newfound Glory, which has a breakdown in it of sorts, but it was mm-hmm. closer to like, well, the genre we played. 
And I remember people jumping over each other to sing into the microphone. I was like, why weren't we fucking doing this <laughs> from day one? <laughs> right. Know, so, know, okay. Right. Like, oh, let's talk to, like, me and George. Like, okay, so our band, we, like, nobody else had a band in high school, really. It was just us. So... And trying to get people to come to these shows was like pulling teeth. So, yeah, like at, still is. Yeah, well, it's it, a huge thing. And like I, we were talking about it maybe a couple episodes ago on, on my show, where it was like it's so tough to get people to do anything anymore to like I support know. art or support going out. And it's like the one thing we want to change with just like people, like local people. Appre- not even like oh, I wish there was a scene or anything. Because if you want a scene, go make a scene. Um, but it's more like the apathy of like listen i worked hard i made all these songs or i wrote all these jokes or i did this art and there's i'm i'm, pre- I'm presenting that you yeah. gotta present that you should come i'm busy it's right. like it's three months from now how are you busy <laughs> yeah right you know? right 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 and so we were pulling teeth to get kids to come to these shows i know and nobody would come like we get a couple people and we started getting like a small following right and then, like, for some reason, we got, like, maybe some, like, girls start coming. Like, maybe, like, it was, like, two girls. And then, you know, but this is by almost the time we were, like, broke up. So by the time we'd broken up, our audience was literally all girls yeah. almost, right? So We, we had, pulled, like, like, the all-time low. We were, like, I think we have to market our music to our age girls. Right. Yeah. Because then they'll bring their friends. And then, like, the boys that want to date them will come to try to flirt with them. And so, our, like, right, right. we wound up manipulating the situation our other bit. Our other move, too, was we would book bands that we knew were way better than us with, like, guys that were, like, I, I mean, this is going to sound like whatever. They were cute dudes, right? So, yeah. like, we would get all these, like, cute dudes that played really good music. Music and they seemed like they were pros, right? So we would book a show and have like some of like we'd be like have make it local. So they'd be like, you it's in Jewett City, so like you gotta come. And mm-hmm. so they'd come to the show. Maybe we'd get like three or four and then there's cute boys, right? And so they would tell their friends that they played with cute boys and even yeah. if our band sucked, they would come to see the cute boys because yeah. we'd play with them again. Yeah. Right? Right, right. And so but you know, but so it would never be any people and then by the time we play our last show, it's like all girls in the audience <laughs> and people are actually excited to see us play. People <laughs> yeah. are actually singing. And you're like, yeah, well I guess we better wrap this up guys. <laughs> yeah, this that was really exactly good. what it was. George has to go to college. <laughs> yeah. No, that was a damn it, George. Sorry. Yeah, that's what it was though. It was, um, you know, the, yeah, yeah, the story yeah. of uh, uh, do you remember that band Lane and Fall? They were they was were, that the band that I'm, I think I'm talking about. Well, no, that was Sparks Will Fly. But yes, Sparks Will Fly was a band from. I, I like think, that Warwick. we are, me and George really don't talk on the reg. Like when I mean, we talk every once in a while, but like George lives in another state. But like George knew the band I was like literally yeah. referencing yeah, without no, saying it. they were the only band that would show up in like regular like clothes and then they would go out to their van and come back with all matching skinny black V-necks and they'd straighten their hair by plugging in this hair straightener yep, into like yep, a cigarette yep. lighter. Like they're pretty boys. It's that era of pretty boy rock yeah. that you're you're forever the sickest kids, you're uh the cab, you're never the shout never. Dude, I remember three oh three. I remember seeing like technical death metal bands and guys dressed all no. in like Hollywood clothing yeah do you know what i'm saying and it's just like you're playing technique well you're playing something where you should just be like this long-haired like yeah what's the band that got a bunch of shit recently maybe like two or three years ago um deaf heaven you ever hear that oh i've heard of of death heaven yeah yeah so they're a death metal band but they look like hipsters from brooklyn so all the death metal like kids that are like wearing the vest i'm fucking wearing right now uh (laughs) they're all wearing like this uniform and they're all like they're not even fucking real technical death metal like they're all just from hipsters from brooklyn they're not doing anything i was like bro their album cover was used in like the apple like 
presentation for the new iPhone. Like yeah. they're doing things, they're getting popular. Why don't you like? Yeah, but it, dude, to a metalhead, sold out, man. Yeah, sold out. You fucking sold out, man. It's unbelievable how like that's the mentality yeah. of a lot. I would say specifically metal and um, I guess a little bit of pop punk. But I feel like pop punk are more like, oh cool, you're making money, like mm-hmm. great, or, or like I think punk in general. If, if like. A punk band goes off and signs a deal with a major label. Like, the fuck, man, it's dead. Like, yeah. no real punk likes Green Day. No, right, right, right. right. <laughs> oh we've, my god. We've... Oh my god. Oh, a couple Green weeks. Day. Did you listen yep. to that Comes episode? Up. Like, is uh, about where Mike called uh, Billy Idol uh, punk. Oh yeah. god, why do dying. we have to keep going back to this? He was in generation. I sided with Mike on this. I was like, ah, he's in generation. Okay, X, I gave I gave him that in the episode. I was, was like, you're kind of right, but yeah. you're not super right. It's on my. I make. I, I got into a habit over quarantine by making uh, playlists on Spotify. Oh yeah, and I theme them a certain way. So mm. I have like one where it's all. Uh, pop punk emo shit from year 2002 to 2006 Mm. and it's called george's untitled rock show (laughs) (laughs) and it's just all like thursday my cam uh you know blink just all that stuff that was playing on like steven's Untitled rock show but i have one where it's all not punk like there are a couple like punk jams on there like wire is on there and like black flags on there yeah um Dead Kennedy, stuff like that. But then it's also like a couple Stones songs. It's all like the pre-punk into punk yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Plastic Bertrand, where it was like the cash grab for it, where he's singing Sa Plan Pour Moi, where like France has got its own punk group. Um, <laughs> so I put that all in there and I called it uh, Old Punks Die Old. <laughs> I like I Yeah, like. And it's a fun playlist and stuff, but like Generation X is on there because fucking dancing... Uh, what was that song? Dancing myself? Yeah. That, yeah. I, mm. I, I was confused. That one and the Springsteen song. Um. <laughs> Did I tell you something? Okay. So uh, somebody told me that was their pump up song, uh, 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 Dancing in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And, and then I, I thought about it. And I was like, that is a great fucking pump up song. Yeah. Mm. And so every day, because I only have the radio on my truck on the way to work, I am constantly trying to find that, that song. <laughs> and I always only catch it at the end. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> Every time. So yeah. what? What is your pump up song? Is that your new official pump up song? Uh no, that's not my pump up song. I don't think. Um, I really like. Uh, oh, this was a very specific moment for me, but I feel like it would work again. I don't even remember the song. What was the song we played before we played that show with George? And there was like that song. Uh, it's like uh, am, dun, dun, dun. I think oh, it's the Stone STP. Temple Pilots. Yeah, that's a good pump up song for me. Like uh, angry yeah. though, angry pump up song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good vibe pump up song. Probably move on up. By, uh, that's good oh yeah Curtis there's a great uh, Bobby Darren version of uh, oh I listened to that record how good is that record dude that record what was the name of it uh, if you know so like uh, just tell, tell us about it so I hit up Luke because anytime I, you guys are record nerds I'm more of like a new record guy where mm. it's like mm, I'll get that Casey Musgraves record right it's fucking it's chill vibes it's yeah, good yeah. morning coffee music yeah absolutely um, when then Luke ridicules me because he's like bro you don't even have these like fucking <laughs> Skinner records I was like I do they're warped but i have them yeah. <laughs> uh, when i first moved to jersey I have many. <laughs> no you don't i don't have many either though uh, to be fair. uh when i moved to jersey i think the, like the couple days before i left or maybe the last time i visited you after i moved there you handed me a stack of springsteen records was like you need these where you're going <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i definitely did that <laughs> oh that's so perfect um but uh i always send him on hunts where he's like if you can find this record that's like an old record i know you like my knees can't dig for records, so I'm just like, Luke's low to the ground. He can find it. It's <laughs> true. I am a crate digger. I'll yeah, dig anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, whatever's in the front. Oh, this looks good. <laughs> um, 
But I found out that uh, towards the end of his career, I'm a big Bobby Darren fan. I mm-hmm. fucking love Bobby Darren. I think he's one of the greatest performers of all time. I put him up there like before Elvis, before like he's one of the before Sinatra because he's just he wound up calling his own shot where he like he put out a song for like young kids in like the late 50s early 60s and yeah. it's Bobby Darren for teenagers only and it's all these fun cute songs he has a song called Clementine which is about a, a fat woman drowning and being harpooned oh. by a whaler it's the funniest song but it's the most inappropriate song like yeah. you can't it's cancelled that song is cancelled um but Bob fucking Bob come on so, Bob well that's the thing he later he was where a lot of people like uh Sinatra was saying very racy stuff, not very progressive stuff for the era. Yeah, Bobby Darren was going the other way. Where he was smoking weed, hanging out with the hippies, and trying to like learn from them. He campaigned yeah. for uh, Robert Kennedy, uh, and I think was at the hotel the night Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Um, would, like performed uh, uh, "Blowing in the Wind" for mm-hmm. the presidential candidate because he requested it, and he thought like, oh, Bobby Darren's voice would be uh, amazing on this song, so he yeah. did his own version of it for him. Very left leaning. He got fed up with the world, started listening to way more Bob Dylan, and then moved into a camper in Big Sur uh, (laughs) and just started writing these, like, kind of funky, fun, like, uh, it's hard to explain, but basically just worshipped Bob Dylan, changed his name to Bob Darren, and released two records on his own record label because he would go with these protest songs uh, to his label and be like, I'd I'd love to do a record for like the protest culture and for the, and for the young people. Cause I feel like we're, they're, they're, they're on top of something, you know? Yeah. And his record was like, you can put two on the end of the record, but you're going to give us Mac the knife. Right. And he was like, I don't think you get me. Like I want to do out a whole record right. of these songs. It's like back the knife though. Right. Like they just kept on harping him to do this stuff. So he, Went up, made his own label, and started doing these kind of folky, yeah, very not Bakersfield s country, but a little bit of that kind of swing to mm. it. Uh, and he made a record called Commitment that has a song called "Me and Mr. Honer" about him playing his harmonica and being stopped by different versions of the police in each verse, where it's like, "Oh, I got pulled over," and "Oh, we want to buy your weed," and it's like the cops fucking with him. Yeah, uh, and. It's an amazing record of just songs that do not sound like Mac the Knife or Splish Splash or anything like. Not yeah, songs yeah. that are played during dinner at a wedding, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible. It's one of the, like the, my favorite finds recently of just this record of like I don't even know how to, like seventies borderline psychedelia. Mm. And then he wound up like losing a ton of money because no one really was like I don't know how to. Do that. I, I hope in the next couple years people bring it back and realize like the potential of this record. It's one of those like you've yeah. talked about it before. It's like the records that you're not supposed to know out like they're secret but they're great. But they're, the record heads aren't going to give it to you yet. Yeah, I think right. it's one of those. And it, I I thought it was like cool too because like I, it was just it reminded me of a record that I love all the time. Uh, and I like try to tell people about, but it's like not like that record is actually kind of expensive. The one I'm talking yeah. about is like really cheap. And then, like uh, it's Don Everly in like the seventies. He released a solo record, and it is just like it sounds like a little bit like Graceland, like ten years before Graceland's. Mm. I think it was like nineteen seventy four around there, and it's it's just like it's got like Paul Simony vibes, and it doesn't sound like the Everly Brothers, and it's like super hip. It's got songs about the environment yeah. and like 
Right, and it just like swings with like a Bakersfieldy country sound. Mm-hmm. It's like wicked cool record, and f- nobody knows anything about it. Yeah. And like even on the streaming services, Nothing. it's a vinyl rip. It's like not even yeah. like the actual. It's so it's one of those. Oh, it's not like a digital. Yeah, version. Yeah, and it's like it. a hip record, and it's not like the Everly Brothers at all. It's not yeah. like you know, dream, dream, dream. It's yeah. like you know, like don't drink the water. Yeah. It's going the, bad, like kind of stuff. It's yeah. interesting. The the Bob Darren record. Um, the last time I saw it, there was like one in Brooklyn for like sixty bucks on Discogs, and I was like, I don't want to risk dying going to Brooklyn. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh, me and Mike have a good story about that. Me and Mike tried to find a record store in uh, New Haven oh, one time, and it was called gosh. like Z Man's Records. Right? No, it was it was something records, oh, it was but records the, with a Z, with a Z, with three Zs. <laughs> so we get up to the address, and it's just like two guys sitting outside. And and- <laughs> like yeah, and like just mugging us. At, and mind you, why don't you tell George what I was wearing that day? It was <laughs> like the summer a summer where I was like, well, it's like I was trying out hats one we're, summer. We're in the city. <laughs> I should have been trying out hats that summer. <laughs> Mike's wearing like a flannel shirt and a straw hat. No, no, like, it was it like was a uh, it was like a long sleeve, uh, like linen, pink linen, uh, or like a salmon colored linen, like uh, button down with like a gray V neck underneath or something, and then just like you know some jeans and like some moccasins. Was this and I had this stupid. Leah was born. Yo, this is yeah, much because now yeah. you've adapted to dad shorts and t-shirt backwards hat. Yep, and Crocs <laughs> and Crocs. Yep, it's done. I've given up, guys. I'm sorry. I threw in the towel. At this point, it. the voice is the only thing that matters. The rest of the getup is yeah, just exactly. like you know, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, that was so scary. Mm. That I just thought I was. They were. I was just like, oh. But did God. you get up and they were like, "Hi, we're we're Zeno and no, Zephyr. it didn't. It didn't exist. It was like this. Like <laughs> there was like this lot. That it was like a was vacant lot. A vacant lot overgrown where like the grass had finally turned to hay. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, God. <laughs> it was like, and it was pretty sketchy. I thought, yeah, I was like, oh, well, let's just keep going, guys. Never mind. We don't need to yeah. find a record store. Uh, we did find another one, though. We were on a mission. Apparently, yeah. there is a place that my roommate goes to all the time. He's a big record head. Uh, but he goes to this guy's house. Like, it is... I don't think it's a legal LLC business. It's just he leaves his front living room door open. Yeah. You can peer past the curtain, and he's in his kitchen making coffee. He's like, oh, hi, I didn't hear you come in. Feel free to look around. And it's just his living room is covered in crates of records. Yeah. And you just show up. That's pretty cool, though. Flip through. Oh, yeah, and uh, it's in like this suburban New Jersey town called Rutherford, where uh, it's like where MetLife Stadium is, but when you go up the thing, uh, it's just all these row homes and houses and stuff, and you just walk yeah. into this dude's house and go picking. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, I enjoy that. Yeah, but I I went to a record store like that in Maine one time when I was like a kid. Um, I I remember I gave you that Dropkick Murphys record I bought. There. I still have it. Yeah, remember? I still haven't listened. To it. <clears throat> yeah, me either. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I went to this record store and I remember uh, I and it was in this dude's house. Like, and if you like looked in the door that came, it was like it was you know really small room. It was like a record store, but it was really small, and it was attached to the guy's house. And I remember the lady coming in and being like, "Hun, you want coffee?" Like that kind of thing. You could yeah. smell the coffee yeah. like brewing in the kitchen. And uh, oh my god, that's yeah. the spot though. I think that's where, not maybe not to an extreme where it's like someone's houses, but I feel like business will become more casual where like they have side businesses out of their homes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Especially just from the convenience of it, where it's like the infrastructure to make a brick and mortar record store yeah it must be tough to sell that to a landlord or something and be like i'd like to rent your space oh cool like what are you selling old dusty records <laughs> yeah no thank you like right. they're yeah, gonna yeah. pass on you and put in like the boutique or the froyo shop or fucking whatever the new hip thing is now yeah. it, it is challenging but like record people too like i knew this dude like uh i remember one time 
uh, I, you know, I was into flipping records more at one point. I'm not really like into doing that now because it's just, you know, it's, it's extra work and I already work a job. So, um, so I was really like flipping records, but I'd meet people like parking lots of like Craigslist and like, we'd be like flipping through crates and parking lots or whatever. And, uh, even like, I remember one time this dude, I met this guy and he was like into punk records and I sold him some punk records in the parking lot one time and made some dough and I was hard up one time and I needed rent and I'm like, shit. And I was like, oh, that guy. It's like, I called him. I'm like, hey, you remember me? We met in this party. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you want to come to my house? I was like, I need money now. I was like, I got, <laughs> I got, I was like, I got every Dead Kennedys original press except the first record. And yeah. he's like, I'll be there. He's like, I'll be there at five. So he comes over. He, we picking through my living room. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, it was that kind of nice community relationship. Yeah. And yeah. then what you find with that kind of community is like, yeah. oh, no, it's, it's, it's safe. You don't right? feel like, also, I'm going to proposition you for, uh, for a cocaine and a blowjob. Right? <laughs> yeah, because, no, no, no. <laughs> a, year, a year later, I met, I met Mystic Disc. And because uh, this dude, he was a record hustler. Like that's he was a hustler. That's what he did. He hustled records. And uh, he's in Mystic Disc talking to Dan, trying to hustle records. And I look over and I went, parking lot, da 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 da. And he goes, Oh, hey man. <laughs> and then Dan's like, You know this kid too? And I'm like, uh, Yeah, apparently. He's like, You? He's like, Do you sell records to this kid? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, You sell records to me. You you sell records to me. You come to this store. You give me your records. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, he's so, like, this kid's a, a shookster. He's a shookster. He's, he's no shook, good. He's, he's no shookster. good. Look at the shit he's trying to give me. He's like, is there any of your shit in here? <laughs> in the in the fantastical world that I live in in my head when I listen to your show, I imagine Dan, every time an episode comes out, puts it on at the shop and just <laughs> listens to you two around be like, they're coming in soon. They're going to come in soon. Yeah. Dude, no, for the longest he, time, Dan. He has no idea that we do this. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But my, he, my nickname, his nickname for me for the longest time was Dollar Bin Mike. Because I'm like, you know, I'm kind of cheap, you know, and I'm like, you know, but for kinda the longest cheap. time. No, I, like now I'll go in because now when now I go Mike in to find. buy a nice record. Yeah, now I'll buy a nice record because it's just like I feel like I kind of have everything I already like really want. Yeah, you finished. So the if list. there's something that I think of or something that I'm like, oh, shit, I could pick up like a new copy of this or whatever. I'll go in there and I'm like, yeah, fuck it, man. Like, I'll, you know, because you got to support local, your local record store. Uh, but Absolutely. yeah, for the longest time. Do it. He, he, not only did he call me Dollar Bin Mike, but he actually, like, they did, like, an Instagram post or something like that that was just like, we got a bunch of brand new albums in, this, that, the other thing, you know, well priced. Or if you're like Dollar Bin Mike, we got plenty of do- <laughs> new Dollar Bin records for you to pick through. And I was like, you motherfucker. Just you called out on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, but That's he's great. so great. He's, we we know, talk he's... about him all the time at the show. He has no idea that we talk about him. <laughs> no, eventually we want to try to bring him in and, like, you know, have him actually be on That's the podcast. That's like on our show. Know. Um on, on the show Feel Feelings, we had an episode where our power cut out, or the person that we had on. Oh, I, re- I listened to this episode. Yeah. And the le- we were talking about Jim Croce. And uh, oh, I love Jim one Croce. of our fellow Philly comics has a Jim Croce tattoo on his back. And I had mentioned, like, oh, like Scott? And she was like, what do you mean? It was like, Scott has a Jim Croce tattoo on his black back. Did you not know that? And she goes, no, I haven't seen scott armstrong's body and then her power cut out so it was the last thing we got on audio so that's how the episode ended it was nice. pretty great scott armstrong has no idea that we talk about him regularly and that we're we're sitting on currently um the uh it's the jawbreaker dear you album cover mm-hmm. uh but it's just a picture of his back tattoo instead of a donkey <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing uh, but you said something interesting earlier, too, that I want to talk about. And I was kind of like talking to Luke. I think it's come up before on the podcast. But you were talking about like, um, you know, protest songs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like, do you, 
you know, I mean, you're like us. You listen to a lot of music, especially like you enjoy current music and stuff. Do you find that there's, do you find anything that's kind of, I mean, all right, I'm sure that there's music being written that's more conscious, like yeah. politically, socially, whatever. But to in in to the magnitude maybe of like a, a Crosby, Stills, Nash, Bob Dylan, yeah. like in terms of that kind of like a commentary on like what the fuck is going on, mm-hmm. you know? Is there any current anything the I would say not to that extent, no. Which is a shame because I feel like you know, we talked about it on the Roy episode where he was like, you know, when music hit, the good thing about music is when it hits you, you feel no pain. I remember right. hearing an interview with uh, the bass player from Anti Flag, mm-hmm. and I am a huge Anti Flag fan. Don't at me. Um, uh, he had a whole thing where he was like, if you look at the history of Bob Dylan, see him endorse a candidate and then have that candidate win because of his endorsement. Mm. That is power through music. Right. And we've had that in the past. Um, we do have uh, like Beyonce coming out with like amazing things, uh, like a whole movie dedicated with like music behind it. We have um, I forget who put the song out, but the video is a bunch of uh, uh, black business owners, and it's showing them like what they did, what they overcame, and now they have this business. Yeah. And like all through quarantine, they're still thriving because people support them. Right. right. Uh, so we have that. I think it's coming more from that area of music. Um, but then we have bands like Anti Flag who have put out record after record that criticize what's going on in the government. Not yep. to not to get too political on the show, but um, there's you know there's something about because I've always been an Anti Flag fan, but there's something about when a band throws in like a big almost like a, a kickstart my heart like whammy bar like thing, and yeah. it's just the president saying some awful shit over top of it. You're yeah. like, I'm about to punch someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, though, is like, yeah, you. I mean, you said like you don't want to get too political, but the thing is, is you can't deny the fact that like music has always been, yeah, and art, like art, has always been interwoven within, yeah. And I wish politics, I saw it you know? more. I mean, I see the good thing is is that I see a lot of people doing the due diligence with activism themselves, like actual citizens. I remember yeah. I felt so bad because a, I'm terrified of COVID nineteen, and b, I was not in Philly for the march that they did for Black yeah. Lives Matter, but I remember watching the video from the news chopper and seeing literally thousands of people and going, that is incredible. And then the camera panning out and seeing hundreds of thousands of people marching down Broad Street and being in awe of like, I should be there because I want to be part of it in the thick of it uh, and to show this show of strength. So I think the activists have it more now and then the music will come later. Mm. I think a part of it, why we're not seeing a ton of it now, uh, we have like little bits in here and there, um, but people are a exhausted from everything before COVID. Yeah. Uh, the politically minded folks are just exhausted from just every other day. There's a new tweet of something like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then when uh, quarantine happened, we, you know, people went internal and started writing music. And I think there will be a ton of music that will be coming out in the next couple weeks or months or years yeah. that will be a will be a um uh, an answer to that mm-hmm. i just don't think it's hit the market yet you know what i mean yeah. like i don't yeah, think anyone yeah, yeah. wants to capitalize on that yeah i th- well on the on what you're saying right yeah. nobody wants to capitalize on it. i think a lot of people are um 
almost like self-censoring in this time, sure. right? I, th- I think that a lot of that is happening too, where like you have a lot of people feeling a certain way, but they're almost like afraid to even like say what they want to say. And mm-hmm. I think that's coming out in art too. Like, um, I think you have like maybe like uh, like comedians probably maybe like pushing that envelope too more. On, they try like, to, but right. I also am of the brand of comedian that not actively tries to ignore it. Like I'll obviously speak up if something's happening. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not the person that's like, we need to get over it. It's right. like, no, no, we need to focus. Like, I think I'm the exact yeah. opposite way where it's like, even if the, oh, I'm making a joke, like I make a joke about anti-flag in right. my set where I talk about how they have this big uproarious like stage energy where he'll raise his fist and he goes, we don't stand against racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia of any kind. Now everybody dance. It mm-hmm. just kind of takes away from that when you like, start like, oh no, no, everyone run around in a circle. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 the punchline is like, oh, you know, I think he thinks that this move and you do like a little heel click jump thing with a guitar, <laughs> yeah. it was like, we'll end racism. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like on the ground writing things, writing your letters. That'll help end this 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 whole yeah. monstrosity that's going over. But with um, the canceling thing, I do agree with you on that because you'll find um, like I work in a uh, retail company. I work for a let's say unnamed Swedish furniture maker. <laughs> uh- <laughs> yeah, we we work for an unnamed Texas. Uh, salty snack company. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Good, good cover. Salty snack engineers. Salty snack engineers. You got that hose that has the nacho cheese stuff mm. ripping off of it. Mm. Um, so uh, I work there. So I see people coming in, and people are exhausted, and they don't care. So I see them yell at coworkers because we don't have the thing they want, and they want normalcy. Mm-hmm. I think that's their big get is like I just want to feel normal again, and it's tough to sit that customer down or that person down and be like, I get that. I understand that, that life is not normal. You don't get that. <laughs> like, you yeah, don't get yeah. that right now. Um, and I've seen people, like, I've seen people walk around with their mask hanging off the side of their ear. And I want to yeah. go up to them and approach them and be like, do you mind putting your mask on, please? We're told to do that because it's the safe thing to do and the the store's policy. Yeah. Um, but you're also, you're seeing the videos of people marching through targets with no masks and being like, they're taking away our liberty. I saw that video. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And she's like, you're seeing that. And it's like, I don't want to be on the other side of that. So I'm right. not going to bring it up. Cause it's, I think it's less cancel and it's more confrontation. People right. don't want to be met with confrontation because it is a, a time of dissent in America and that dissent, it's never been this crazy yeah. right. before um, where, you know, in the past you could disagree with someone and it'll be fine. But now I feel like a lot of people are tied up, and then if you disagree with them, I hate you. Right. I hate you because you you obviously if you don't believe this, then you don't believe this, then you don't believe this. And I was right, like, there's more right. nuance to it nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. There um, is. But I think you'll find that hopefully things will level out eventually, and you'll realize that like there is meeting grounds and there's things to be met at. Um, yeah. We're just not seeing that right now, especially because it's an election year. Yeah. Right. Also, I, also, too, like I I think like a lot of um, music coming out is like a reflection, obviously, of society because that's what art is, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of it too is more like self-facing, mm-hmm. like in inward, like kind of stuff, or like you know what I mean. So yeah. like kind of more of a personal reflection of the time, right? And not so much of a like. Uh, 
come on people now like come together yeah and it's yeah. more of a like this is what i'm going through personally yeah. if you can relate to that personally then you might like me personally even even though it's maybe not limed up time wise i get what you're saying because a people are looking inwardly a lot more mm-hmm. you find like new age spiritualism is like a more and more known thing like you right guys, you guys love ram das right like Ram Dass is more and more a part of the Normal, cultural mainstream. vernacular. Yeah. yeah um, so you find people looking inward more. Uh, I think you'll find already of seeing a ton of that coming out in music because of the quarantine, where we all had to just yeah. shut up and sit down and think about stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can only watch Tiger King so many times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So I think this is interesting Carol too. Basket. So like, let's make, I'm going to make like a big jump that I can like maybe kind of see if we're like talking about like right, what's going on. Let's go. All right, here we go. Here's a jump. So you have Ning. like, in so you have like 1920s, <laughs> right? Where you have like standardy jazz with like uh, a tisket, a tasket, that kind of song. That, Right, right. So like back the knife kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Up to that period, you have like um, lyrics that aren't really about fucking anything that's important to somebody's life. Splish splash. Right, but you do. I mean, yeah. In in the popular vernacular, you do have blues musicians, obviously, who are like pushing you know some real shit. But like that's on the other. That's not popular. Yeah. So you have like the big band jazz, right? And so then big band jazz gets played out and gets self-effacing. Where you have like uh, bebop, hard bop, cool jazz, right? Where mm-hmm. it's more of like an inner reflection kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how does this make you feel as opposed to like a tiska, a tiska? So, I think right now we went from like the 90s uh, again, which is like, look at all this stuff I have. Look at my puffy coat. Look yeah. at all this money. Da, it's da, more da, materialistic. Da. Right. I think yeah. that starts with Material Girl. Right. Like you see that in the 80s where it's like excess. Right, How right. much stuff can we have? Right, right. right. And then we get be- and then we get to like, yeah, Material Girl, man. And then like the 90s big boom of like money. Then the 50 Cent era where it's like the bling bling rap, mm-hmm. right? And now I think we're getting more self-effacing again where we're looking at ourselves as I think yeah. we're looking at society wondering – what is going on in society i think we're all looking at that and so that's like what the kind of the more of music we're getting yeah. where it's not so much like uh uh come together e thing and i think you're right like george that like that's gonna i think that's the next period yeah. after this is like a, a big maybe smile on your brother whenever all this mm-hmm. like turmoil ends but it's it's weird like you can kind of make that connection with yeah. music of like materialism uh, how much is that doggy in the window? Uh, mm-hmm. to you, you know what I mean, like yeah. blowing in the wind. To uh, and then you know, whole lot of love. Yeah. To material girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting. And you'll yeah. find that that turn will happen extremely quickly because right now we're recording on a laptop. Yeah. With GarageBand preloaded on it, anyone can make an album or the next big hit with tools that we have like. You can get your whole album Spotify for thirty nine dollars a year. It's yeah. old. Oh, it's Old Town Road. Yeah, it's that yeah, it can happen in an instant. And um, our friend, I don't know if you've ever met Mackenzie Christensen, uh, no. musician, uh, really good producer. He did my album. He um, works with Cameron at the studio. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, okay, that guy. Gotcha. Uh, amazing person. He uh, pretty much any time I've recorded in the last five ten years, I've just been like Mac. When are you available? Because I think he's one of he's someone that like constantly tries to learn, yeah, and learn the new hip thing and stuff. And I feel bad for him, but at the same time, I see the artist's perspective because he gets a lot of people coming in that needs the track out on SoundCloud tomorrow, right? Yeah, because it's like they think like, oh, you can plug it into the computer and be fine. Mac is someone that's like, no, no, let me run it through this. It'll make your vocals sound great. It'll like, let me run it through this preamp. It'll like warm everything up. Yeah, yeah. he knows the science behind that, so he wants to take his time with it. 
I think you're going to find that uh, when that's the the socially conscious and the love your brother music comes out, um, it will happen instantaneously because everyone's sitting on it uh, and it's in their hard drive somewhere mm. and it'll all of a sudden Just, become a thing. It'll be a yeah. wave of it. Um, much like the protests have, much like people coming together around uh, quarantine. Like you saw all those socially distant uh, musical um, performances through yeah. SNL and through like NBC where they did like the whole honoring the first responders and, and mm-hmm. having uh, Casey Musgraves play Rainbow on a piano on her iPhone. Right. You see Sir Paul McCartney re- doing a song because his mo- mother was a nurse at some point and honoring her memory by playing a song in his backyard. Like, yeah. It's so easy to get stuff out now. I think people are still waiting through the music of quarantine where it's like, oh, I'm in here. Like, the amount of people that put out is like, we made this in quarantine. Like, it's a novelty. The novelty wore off so quickly of musicians being like, I made this record all by myself in my living room. I was like, there's a whole genre of artists that have done that since 2006. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, dream pop was a thing before Death Cab for Cutie released their... Yeah. in exile album you right. know yeah that's that's why i'm i'm just i'm hoping like maybe you know we get some some music to see live that's more like locally entertaining and yeah. and yeah. from this like you're saying because it's even playing ground now and even even playing ground where people are making stuff that sounds better than the pros yeah we're coming out so yeah I, I mean, people I, are at home now so it's people like their communities are there i'm i mean yeah. i'm optimistic i mean me and mike started doing this as like an extracurricular and you, you do your podcast feel feelings uh which you should check out which you know i was on one time nah don't worry about it it's pretty good <laughs> um and i enjoy that oh you guys also do a great spotify play list every week on the feeling yeah. uh, that you guys cover <laughs> check out their podcast they cover a feeling and they tell a story about like the feeling uh you know from like in yeah. their life the and last one i talked about how I, uh, if this episode comes out pretty quickly the last one we came out was uh, about me pissing myself on stage in fourth grade oh i love was, it it was that emotion was embarrassed so our playlist this week was all stuff that was uh like embarrassing guilty pleasures i didn't <laughs> contribute to this one but i usually contribute yeah the the amount of shame i put in like do you remember that pop song bewitch uh, by bewitch Witched called Say Love V. Yeah. yeah. Just the amount of just me wheeling that over and be like, oh, it's a bop. Like, just like, yep. <laughs> fuck, this song rules, but like, I'm going to get a lot of shit. <laughs> One of the feelings was amazed, and I literally just thought of that My Morning Jacket song. It's like, I'm amazed. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> There you go, George. <laughs> yeah, no. We would do that one, and then we talked about it on the show, too, because I was like, yeah, I start the podcast, or I start the playlist off with uh, I'm amazed, and then I ended it with maybe I'm amazed. <laughs> and then Paul McCartney or The Faces? Paul McCartney. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, but then in the middle, we were going to put that song um, by Lone Star called Amazed. And I was like, it's some like wedding song that someone danced to oh, at a wedding. Oh, maybe I'm amazed. No, no. That, no, that's obviously Paul McCartney. Yeah, uh, I was like, uh, wait a minute, that's Paul. I know this song. Yeah, but you, everyone's heard this song at a fucking wedding somewhere. Yeah. Like, some, yeah. whoever had a wedding in a backyard, this song played. Yeah, that song. Oh, yes, yes. And I vetoed it immediately. Just keeps getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And then we talked about how uncomfortable it is when, uh, like, the daddy-daughter dance at a wedding is uh, fucking, I saw her first. I was like, we don't. We don't need that. Uh, <laughs> my yeah. fa- my, okay, so speaking of Skinner earlier, my family tradition is, uh, 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 what is the um, – the mother-son one, though. Oh, oh, simple man. My mama told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was young. My yeah. mom just wants to dance to show tunes, and I'm like, Mom, I'm sorry. I'm, ba, ba, 
yeah. Banana. I wish I start w- spreading the news. I wish I was gay for you. Like I wish I could get up on stage and proudly dance to Lacajo Fall with you, Mom. But we're gonna have to choose something different. Oh my God! All right, are uh, we uh, are we wrapping this show up here? Uh, I think we're like three hours in, right? Two hours in at least. No, we're not two hours. I think we're like an hour and a half in. No. We're okay. We're not bad. Real quick, uh, we like to end the show with uh, just like something you've been listening to. Have, is there anything like more recently that you listened to that you like as a music recommendation maybe or something that you've been kind of I really am, into? Uh, I'm diving fully into fall vibes. Oh, so I'm doing yes. a lot of fall records lately. It's um, pumpkin spice based songs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My Uggs are on. <laughs> uh, so it was, uh, I was listening. I, I've, I've developed a love for the kind of newer alt country that's coming out lately. Mm, yeah. um, so there's an amazing songwriter and musician named Rustin Kelly. You ever heard of him? Okay. I've heard the name. Yeah. Uh, he came out with a record fairly recently, uh, I think right before quarantine happened. And weirdly enough, the album art is an old Renaissance painting called like The Return of the Plague. And he was like, that was not intentional. <laughs> um, but That'd he has an foreshadowing. Yeah. He's, he has a, his, he's one of those artists that kind of dub their own style of music. Um, like they kind of make their own genre. So he's uh, dubbed it Dirt Emo. Oh, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where he did a whole uh, EP called Dirt Emo where he covers kind of loosely emo songs where like he did a very sad version of Damn It by Blink-182. He's done a very sad version of his live version of uh, Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus will rip your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to check him out. Um, so he's great. He just came out with a record called uh, Shape and Destroy, I want to say it's called. I'm one of those people that like throw it on and not even look at the name of it. I'm just like, track three is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've done that with the. Uh, uh, I new, do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, what you're just like the called? third track on that is good, especially yeah. I'm a vinyl listener, so it's like yeah. sometimes I'm not. <laughs> so it's called Shape and Destroy. It's amazing. Um, a great uh, singer, uh, country artist from Kentucky is named Tyler Childers. He just came out with an amazing. Uh, he came out with a couple amazing records a couple years ago that I always revisit. They're like good music to just throw on in the background. But he came out with uh, a full record of old timey fiddle music, okay, which is just nice to throw out. And there's yeah. no vocals into the last song. It's like he starts off with bringing the clowns and uh, like just does all these like uh, down and Dixie kind mm. of fiddle music. Um, and that's been really incredible. New Phoebe Bridgers is really incredible. Uh, ton of stuff just like fall stuff i also i know you guys don't like green day but i've I've made i've made the i've made the leap into being that the one of the greatest fall songs is macy's day parade by green day oh okay that's a jam oh yeah um and then my favorite october record because it's october um which if you haven't listened to it listen to it uh uh uh, hounds of love by kate bush is the perfect october record is it (laughs) it's Perfect. Like I, I will have to listen. Mm. I've never listened. You never listened to no. Love? Oh, it's yeah. Like, I mean, either she went for like full theatrical on her first couple records, like you know, you know it's like the whole like ballet dancing and light little t vocals and stuff, and then she wound up getting her own studio because she gained a little bit of fame, and then just went in with like more synthesizers, but she mixed it herself, so a lot of the mixing is off, which kind of makes it great. It's kind of mm. like how the like the the Bowie versus the Iggy take of Raw Power, right? Where it's like they've remastered it, but you want like why the vocals are so loud and the music so low um but it's very you've heard one of the songs before uh it's running up that hill um uh, not prodigy placebo did a cover of it and was used in a bunch of like movies and tv where it's like this really creepy they use it in like every horror movie i feel like it's just it makes its rounds Mm. through horror once a year um but yeah those those are my picks all right 
Some good fall picks. Yeah, yeah, fall picks. I like the uh, the fall the fall jam. Michael, have you fall? Are you? Oh, mm-hmm. Mike's been. I oh, I know what Mike's been fucking listening. To. What what has Mike been listening to? Mike's been listening to Motorhead. <laughs> oh, I was gonna I was yeah. gonna suggest just fast bazooki music. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did listen to Greek music. <laughs> <laughs> Mike was going to Greek Orthodox Church this morning, so he had to. I really, uh, I, I had really, to get in the. I had to get into it. You know, I've been looking. I was just like stalking an Irish. Bazooki on reverb for three years now. Oh, yeah. But I feel like if I buy it, you're just going to be over my shoulder and be like, the, the back isn't round. The back isn't round. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason why I haven't bought a, man- I haven't bought a mandolin yet because I'm like, I have to, I'm Greek. I can't get yeah. a, like an American style mandolin. I need to get a bowl back mandolin. Yeah. I, uh, I, I played mandolin on the record I did with Mackenzie Christensen and uh, uh, with the Fight for Your Friends project. And I bought it because I was like, oh, I used to play this when I was a kid because I was really into flogging Molly. And uh, my finger's too fat now. So I just, it's not. A wall instrument where it's just like one day I'm gonna shave my fingers down. (laughs) (laughs) One day, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I kind of have been falling. I listened to uh, well, Motorhead, you know, made me kind of Motorhead is super fall when I see when I see (laughs) red maple trees, I think Ace of Spades. (laughs) We are the road crew, (laughs) um, but it kind of made me go down like the heavy metal kind of thing and um. I've uh, been doing a little, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, King Diamond. Oh, yeah. King Diamond. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, Merciful Fate. Jeez. And, like, kind of, like, <laughs> old school. Heavy. Oh, yeah. No. And King Diamond's, I mean, he's great anyway. He has he has a falsetto that, like, once you kind of get, once you finally stop laughing at it, it's, it's really great. <laughs> that's like, how I felt. I mean, I hate the man, but that's how I feel about Morrissey, where it's, like, as mm. soon as he stops, like, whistle singing, uh, like and you just get past that and you're like no the Smiths are good Morrissey sucks but the Smiths are good yeah uh, so it's been yeah that Motorhead Iron Maiden kind of oh you know, oh yeah you're telling stuff. me you yeah, uh, uh, Ace is high I have a picture oh, of a guitar to show you after this Mike do you oh yeah oh yes he does um, <laughs> what is the um what Iron Maiden like album are you just kind of like floating around yeah I've been floating around the one yeah just like live stuff I also went back and listened to okay, I, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna do a get in the shed episode on this, but like I revisited the uh, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath album, Black Sabbath. Oh, album. that was on the radio, and I day. know Sabotage is like the coveted one of the post like first four albums, but dude, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath, man, that's like a I I love that album. It's really I think proggy, it's so good. Yeah, it's super proggy. It reminded me kind of like. It's kind of it might be a stretch, but I hope you know what I mean. But it's kind of like the door soft parade where yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. kind of like, whoa, okay, you guys are kind of trying Less to take this synthesizer-y. Yeah, you're trying to take take it a little bit further out, you know. Acoustic there's, guitar on the single. Yeah, there's some weird stuff, and then I kind of uh, wrapped it up this week too. And I'm happy that you you name dropped Jim Croce because I kind of went back and listened to. Jim I saw Croce. when you opened your laptop that you were watching a YouTube video. Of Jim yeah, Croce. dude, I, last night, man, it was like nice. I was just relaxing. I put on yeah. some Jim Croce. I I when, love Jim Croce. When me and man. Mike were on the same shift at work, we would always sing uh, "Operator" to operator. each other. <laughs> and Corn like, transfer operator. I would yell at like the <laughs> one of my other Spotify playlists is just called Adam Fucking Sandler, and it's songs that either are or sound like they should be in Adam Sandler movies. Ooh. And I've got a name as on. <laughs> and every oh, once in a while yeah. that rolls through and I'm like alright we're yeah, going <laughs> I love Jim Croce great mustache great man 
R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh my God, Mike would be like three lines down from me, like covered in chips and potato chips, and I, you know what I mean. Be <laughs> Photographs and memories. Right, we just like start singing to each other. I was just like, dancing. I was it. like, Christmas cards you sent to me. You know, yeah, just like, but I love Jim Croce, man, and he's very much like a, uh, I don't know, he did that song that he wrote like for his son, mm. you know, and now. Being the finally realized version of myself now as a dad, I was like, "He wrote his first son. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, died too young." On the uh, on the Phoebe Bridgers record that came out recently, Punisher, uh, there's a lyric in it where it's like her talking to someone that she may have interest in, but it's kind of a tumultuous relationship. And one of the lyrics is, "We both hate." Tears in heaven, but it is sad that his kid died. <laughs> oh my God. That's a great line. That is a great line. You know what? Truer words may have never been spoken until I heard that. Yeah. Just okay. me too. Let, let, me, let me try. It's that fretless bass. I'm like, get out of here, Eric. Let me, uh, let me, do, let me do a riff on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, we both hate Kokomo. <laughs> it's sad that Brian Wilson's. <laughs> let me, let me tell you yeah. let me tell you a little tip from my life in comedy like three years in comedy uh don't prep it by saying let me riff <laughs> <laughs> let me try one <laughs> no no my turn my turn oh, yeah, stand yeah. back listen guys kokomo is the outlier it's really bad <laughs> oh, man. i used to do a joke where i purposely did it poorly the joke was uh i love writing bad jokes like um uh i like my women the way i like my coffee Mad at their dad. And then I would spend five minutes the rest of my set explaining why that joke is funny. <laughs> and just the point was like, how deep can I dig my hole? <laughs> you don't get it. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah right. It's like, right. oh, no, no, let me tell it again. Let me tell it again. So like when I say this. <laughs> how about you, Luke? What's uh, what's on the playlist? Um, Okay, so I've been pretty much listening to, I got like two albums like a couple months ago and they've really been... Uh, consuming my life i listen to bullies sugar egg like at least 10 times this week um it's really grungy and f- like it it's like um it's like nirvana if nirvana was if nirvana was a candy uh and it was like uh those like sugary i can't even freaking think of what they're called like sugar sweet dots? tarts yeah like oh. uh or sugar rope whatever like you know what i'm talking about yeah, like the yeah. It's like that's what the music sounds like. The guitars are like really crunchy and like sugary. Isn't it rock weird candy? when like that's the only way you can describe music? Yeah. Where I'm yeah. Like like I remember listening to a song and be like, cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah. No. That's it's it's got so like uh, the vocals are like nice and screamy, but then there's a nice um like a, a nicely sung vocal over it too. Mm-hmm. So it's like got a really lots nice of bo- reverb too. Yeah. Nice blend on that, and then the guitars are just like rock candy. They sound mm-hmm. and but it's like um you know throwback uh, grungy. Yeah. And uh, it's a great female perspective. I really 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 love that record. Um, I like every song. There's not one song I think is like a bad one. So yeah. Uh, Bully Sugar Egg. Um, and I probably said it like eight times on the show already, but that's why I've been listening to a lot. And then I made Mike listen to this record, uh, Man, Man, Man Man, Man Man. Do you ever listen to Man Man? No, but I love the name. So the, uh, Man, <laughs> Man Man came out Man. with an album. I forgot what the, actually the, the name of it. Oh, is. it's some like long. Title. I like to think that there was a band like they named their band Man. And then they found out that there was another, another band man. named Man, and they were like, "Okay, we're Man Man." The, the, the singer, man, man. the singer goes by uh, Honus Honus. Like that's you know, love it. So the album's called uh, "Dream Hunting in the Valley of the In Between." So yes. um, this record is so it's cool. I love this. It's record. really cool. It's yeah. like a okay. So you take like a moderny indie band, right? Yeah. Uh, you mix it with Frank Zappa. 
and you throw uh, like Paul McCartney vaudeville in there, right? Yeah. And that's what this record kind of And a little bit like. of like Queen style Queen. guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. Brian May kind uh, of guitars. Like yeah. the style of playing or like the out of out of sync pickups? Uh, kind of kind of both. both. The okay. first track the first track to me I heard that the, like the first track on the album. Well, not the first e- one because the ELO. first one's like a 30 second along with the Paul McCartney one. vibe too like ELO. Yeah, vibe. some ELO, but I also think that if you're a fan of say Panic at the Disco or a yeah. fan of like Franz Ferdinand, you might really like dig, dig this or it uh if you like maybe like uh Minus the Bear, mm-hmm. okay. you might be into this band. So the you know, the, it's not I'm not saying it's the same, but I'm saying if you can get into that kind of thing, right. you're like, oh, okay. So like a new, you know, like a newer reference and an older references to kind of bring it where it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's kind of like um the the album is like a breakup record. So it's like a, a concept album breakup record, I would say, and it's like set in this like Frank Zappa y style. Like, yeah, yeah. There's so- one song where he like screams Salmonella. And yeah, like Fantastic. what the fuck is going on? Yeah, uh, one of the one of the choruses. <laughs> it's good, is, though, you know, it's good. One of the choruses is uh, has your head ever felt like an ice cream sandwich melting uh, from the table to the floor, like that yeah. kind of thing? Yes. So it's very yeah, right? <laughs> Absolutely, it has. Yes. Uh, it's so relatable. It's, yeah, that's why that's like the Zappa y lyric y kind of thing mm-hmm. going on. But I really like this album, and I do not like Frank Zappa. So like you know, you got that in there. So it's really cool album. It's out on Sub Pop. Both those albums I said were, um, and I've been spinning those quite a bit. Um, and then like what else have I been? Oh, Double Nickels on the Dime by the Minutemen. Like. On repeat, yeah. over and over and over and over. Um, Corona is on the old punk style old poly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that song is very popular now. It's right. Very popular. Yeah. The way to cash in. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, well, before we end, George, tell us uh, where we can find your band stuff, where we can find your podcast stuff, like. Sure. Little so, uh, plugage. Uh, we'll do some plugage. I feel bad because like every time I changed my Instagram name maybe two years ago to try to make it easier because my last name is hard. So I spelt my last name phonetically as it, and now I just spend half the time spelling it. So you can find me on Instagram at b r o o d u r m i n. <laughs> um, you can look for my music over uh, it's on Spotify I think it's on Bandcamp it's on SoundCloud if you're into that thing it's on Amazon Music it's on Amazon Music yeah. <laughs> Luke go upstairs the adults are talking um, <laughs> uh, I'm Luke <laughs> uh, it's the band's called Fight for Your Friends the last single we came out with uh, was actually kind of a fun one because I recorded it the last time I was in Connecticut mm-hmm. uh, and then it just sat on a hard drive for two years and then I was like hey you still got that? We can probably put that out or whatever during quarantine and it wound up coming out and it's been really cool. Um, but the the EP, hopefully, maybe, probably not, is is a good listen if you want to listen to yeah, some Yeah, it's music. a great I really enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then comedy is happening whenever the world stops uh, being on fire. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you can... I'm trying to do more <laughs> shows up here uh, in, in the near future when things are happening. So yeah. hopefully I'll get to see all my my, my friends, well, my yeah. New England, Connecticut friends. Yeah. yeah. Man. Uh, and also George on the Feel Feelings podcast. Yes. Yes. Oh, and also... With Danny and George. If I might be uh, so bold... Yeah, um, please yes. be bold. We invite boldness. My, my, bold, my boldness. Uh, my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Plug that, man. Plug yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's an amazing musician, and it surprises me every day that she wants to be around me. Um, but she, her name is Casey Falzone. She's put out two singles, and then the EP 
is coming up very soon. She just finished tracking it. I got put on the back burner because, again, the world is dying. Um, <laughs> but she finally finished it. It's going to come out. I think we're doing it on vinyl, which will be a lot of fun because nice. she can't do like a live release show. So we're going to press yeah, it yeah. on that. Uh, so Casey Falzone. Uh, it's also on Spotify and everything. Uh, songs to check out. Drift and Stay are the two singles out. Mm. I'm not going to brag, but I made the album art. But and uh, it sounds really good. I've listened to both. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully at some point in the near future, you know, when we can get both of you up here, you know, we'd love to have yeah. you on the podcast again. And like actually, you know, we'll set up a little area in the corner here. We actually like that'd do be some cool. playing. Yeah, maybe yeah. do like a little show on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be awesome. guitarist. So yeah, well, <laughs> she brought me to the studio. I was like, do you want to play my thing? I was like, you sure you want your like boyfriend playing on the thing? She's like, yeah, no, you're a good guitarist. And I, I want your input. I was like... Okay, and then I showed up to the studio and I sat quietly for three hours, played one lead part, and I was like, I'll be over in my corner again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, George Bruderman. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for coming on the show, man. We hope to see you sometime in the near future. And... I'll be up. I promised Casey I'd take her to Clyde's Grist Mill, so I'll be in oh, the Oh, Clyde's. Soon. You can see them make the cider. Yeah. Oh, yeah, And then yeah, they yeah. sell the hard stuff around back. <laughs> yes, they do. Watch out for the bees, though. Yes, bees. So many bees there. Bees. They don't allow bees in they don't there. Let <laughs> me be the bravest and say that get in the garage. Anti-bee. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, George. We'll see you next time, man. See you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Make sure to share, like, and subscribe to the Get in the Garage podcast, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and a bunch more. Uh, You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or email us directly at getinthegaragepodcast at gmail.com for any questions or topics you might like to hear us cover. Thanks again, guys. See you next time. Get in the garage.